Get inside and lock your doors. Close your windows. There's something in the fog. Meteor ship! Some folks have a strange idea entertaining. They're dead, but they're coming right for us. You're gonna need a bigger boat. to the sixth episode of the Spooky Picture Show, where four friends get together to discuss all things horror, and as always, we keep it spooky. I'm one of your four co-hosts, Mr. Michael Felsher. And I'm Chris McGibbon. I'm Kevin Ellis. And I'm Peter Brackey. And today we are, as usual, taking on a very interesting subject. Chris, why don't you give people out there listening a little bit of information on what we are going to be discussing on today's episode. Sure, of course. So on today's episode, we are going, since it is Pride Month, we decided to tackle what may be a controversial subject for some, but one that uh, we felt like we were comfortable discussing for obvious reasons. Uh, Two of us happened to be... Well, we're gay, so <laughs> we thought it would. No, I know. I know. Try to guess which uh, ones. We, we uh, you know, we thought it would be great to uh, <laughs> discuss uh, some of the uh, queer elements in horror films, um, and also some of the resilience. Um, um, excuse me. Also, some of the resistance of incorporating those elements into the genre, and uh, surprisingly, we actually found while doing a little bit of research that there was a lot more of this embedded in the genre than we thought. So it's going to be a pretty interesting topic to discuss with everybody. I agree. Indeed. Because it's something that a lot of uh, podcasts out there don't tackle, mm. and um, probably for good reason, because we're probably all going to be on fire after this episode, because it's <laughs> just like, you know, t- tackling a subject like this uh could have its pitfalls but the good thing is we're all friends here we all know each other and as far as just for everyone out there as far as homosexuality and sexuality in general <laughs> no one here gives a flying fuck nah. uh, obviously it, it, you know doesn't tell me a damn thing about who a person is at all it mean, means about as much to me as someone's shoe size or hair color and quite frankly i care more about those things which is to say i don't at all so oh, just to say good. gay people do have better taste than straight people so two of us you know what? Yeah. Well, I, mean, <laughs> I don't. I don't need this shit. I don't. You know, fuck you. I quit. I just. I'm done. It's just again. again? <laughs> what? No. Mm. It, 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 yeah. At the end of the day, what's going to be interesting is you know, I my life experience obviously is going to be very different than someone who's gay because I didn't have to grow up having to deal with those issues. You know, I was I was considered the social norm. You know, I'm a heterosexual white male. I have it pretty good as far as not being ostracized for any goddamn reason. And so I grew up just experiencing what was, you know, considered, oh, yeah, you're going to be attracted to girls and, you know, you're blah, blah, blah. So I wouldn't necessarily see certain things that someone who's gay would in cinema, television, in the arts. And so it's going to be very interesting to see when you guys first started noticing things like this in movies and how you started feeling about them and how they related to you sort of coming of age in your own way. It'll just be like our interview for them. Yeah, we get to ask the question. We get to put them on trial. This is nice. I like this. (laughs) Great. Well, I think part of it, right, is when you grow up. So growing up for me in the 70s and early 80s, you 
I mean, you knew, like, how do you say it? Like, gay was more of like a controversial tof- topic. Like, if it was presented in something, it was like a very special episode of something. Or, you know, there's always stuff written about it and controversy surrounding a depiction of it. So you didn't really, I didn't really look at movies as like um, having any sort of overt gay imagery so anytime I connected with the movie it was usually through subtext either director was trying to put it in there or you were reading into something um, you know that wasn't obvious um, and connecting with that way it really wasn't until what late 80s early 90s that you started to see explicitly gay characters like for example a movie like Fright Night right um, the word gay is never mentioned but I remember as a kid looking at Evil Ed and there's that line in the when Jerry is in the alley, you know, and he's kind of almost seducing Stephen Jeffries into becoming a vampire. And he's like, you know, take my hand. These kids are not going to make fun of you anymore. That sort of thing. I read that as a kid, like, oh, he's gay. You know, he's being different. Um, is coded for something even deeper. But I don't necessarily know if the filmmaker meant that that explicitly. So that was the kind of stuff as a kid that I got out of, of movies is always subtextual, but now certainly, right. It's a much different. So I think a kid growing up today, you know, he can watch the Chucky television show um, and people can be, you know, completely open and out and you have, you know, gay story. It's no longer just subtext. So mm-hmm. that was, in, that was the generation I grew up anyway, where everything was subtext. I'm not sure about you, Chris, but. Yeah, so, I mean, I grew up, um, I mean, I, you know, I grew up in the '90s where it still, it still didn't get discussed often out loud. I think Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV show, was one of the first horror-themed programs that I remember that featured a gay character. Um, but that wasn't until like season three, so this is like '99, I think, where they, or maybe season two, I can't remember, but '98, '99. So it was, it was still the late '80s. So I mean, I was a preteen at that point. I wasn't. I wasn't thinking about stuff like that at that point. Like, and then in the two thousands where, you know, when I, it, it, it sort of got brought in here and there, but it wasn't brought in a lot. It was just like, it was mentioned or if it wasn't mentioned at all, or you just, it was still kind of implied at that point. Mm-hmm. I really feel like the, um, the idea of it being something that we can just come out and just say, this is the way it is. Um, was, has been fairly recently. I mean, in the last like 10, maybe even 20 years, if I'm being generous, um, I remember there was a movie that came out, it's a very obscure movie, it came out like 2006, um, I think it was called, of course, I can't think of the name of it, Days of Darkness, something like that, it was a zombie movie, where um, the whole world had ended, and all these people were holed up in this bunker, surprise, surprise, um, but one of the characters <laughs> in the movie was gay, and he was outwardly gay, and his partner and his son had been like ripped apart in front of him and there was this preacher in the compound that wanted to like get him killed because he thought he was a you know um it was against god he shouldn't be there blah 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 blah. um anyways he's the one that ends up surviving with like the last character they find out that like drinking booze keeps him safe from like the alien that creature that turns people into zombies so they just get drunk and like walk off to the sunset together. But like, I remember being surprised that there was a gay character in a horror movie, an out gay character that like they brought these issues up, and I thought it was kind of cool. I think it was called Days of Darkness. Is that hmm. what I said? I Interesting. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was 2006, and that was a low budget indie horror movie that wasn't something that was in theaters. Um, actually, I think Dawn of the Dead, the remake of Dawn of the Dead was. There's a predominantly gay character, the organist in the church. He's telling the guys about how the first time he knew it, he was gay. The guy was building a deck in his backyard, and 
he's trying to talk to the guys in the cell about it, which I, I always thought was a funny scene. Um, but I didn't, I really didn't. Yeah, I guess I just, I wasn't focusing on it at that point in my life. Like I just didn't, I wasn't looking for it. I never went to yeah. the genre looking for like anything like that. Cause nothing like it was in it that I could see. So it's <laughs> just like, I just <laughs> never expected it. So I didn't really look for it, but Fright Night definitely has the subtext, even with Jerry himself and his, mm-hmm. Um, roommate his familiar yeah roommate, <laughs> yeah. whatever yeah. well there's they called him scene, yeah there's <laughs> that scene yeah. where, like he, he you know he's he's getting his hand uh, mm-hmm. bled after charlie stabs him with the pencil and billy cole's on his knees and then he just pulls the shade down with billy cole just kind of <laughs> peeking around the corner you know and, and mm-hmm. i think there was a panel too where like chris serena goes he was my boyfriend you know and like there was no <laughs> You know, no coding necessary. No, I, well, I think too. Like vampires have always been kind of um, mm-hmm. a great way to like, you know, show that side of sexuality because the justification is they're thousands of years old. They get to you know, you get to a point where sexuality just doesn't mean anything anymore. Yeah, and it's about the I, blood. It's about the light yeah. force. You know. Well, I also think it's also too about like who's gonna like for, in a familiar sense who's gonna keep me safe when when I'm asleep and defenseless or. Um, cause even like interview with a vampire obviously is, is loaded with gay, um, tones, mm-hmm. uh, with Lestat and, uh, Louis, um, and sort of having an adoptive daughter together as vampires. But Fright Night was definitely one of the, I think one of the first ones that kind of, I will, I will say kind of pioneered that, um, whole idea of, um, open sexuality and the hunger was another one too with David. Yeah, oh, sure. Yeah. 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 I think that's even it's more. F- yeah. Do you guys think it's fair to say though, that female I guess lesbianism, female homosexuality, was easier to portray for a long time. Oh, than much, male. much oh, easier. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, because that appealed to a heterosexual audience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Guys yeah. love yeah. guys. Heterosexual mm-hmm. guys love watching women make out. Right. Oh yeah, that that's fine. That's yeah. no problem at all. Two guys kissing. Yeah, you know that that yeah. was kind of their. That was for you know. Ew, we don't want to see that. But hey, if it appeals to a heterosexual crowd, no, lesbian it up. Yeah. You know, get, that's kind of what was the attitude. So there were a lot of, I mean, God, there how many lesbian vampire movies have there been? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, certainly in Europe. And then, of course, when it came yeah. over here and the hunger and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Um, but, you know, it's funny. We, you guys talked about Fright Night. I remember those scenes very well between Chris Saran and when he seduces uh, Ed. But I took it, being me at 13 or whenever I saw it, oh, he's the nerd. He's the underdog. Mm-hmm. I didn't that's view how it I in took a, it. In a, yeah. It was only years later when I watched it, I went, oh, yeah, well, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, you know, it's just like, the, but it's funny when you, you know, I, I first encountered the horror genre big time, like really rapidly devouring stuff when I was 13, 12, 13, mm-hmm. going to 14. That is not an age to really understand much of anything. Mm-mm. No, you same. certainly don't have any, you don't have any context for anything. You certainly don't have any life experience. So a lot of stuff that may be there just flies right over your head mm-hmm. and you know like for example the, the yeah there's like you know the the elephant in the room when it comes to uh <laughs> horror gay cinema is nightmare on elm street 2 mm-hmm. which we will discuss in much more detail in a later date we'll explain later um but you know that movie has so much gay material in it it's it, and it, to watch it now it's just like it's hitting you right in the face yeah. but when yeah. i first saw it didn't see any. The only thing I remember thinking of of Nightmare Two when I first saw it was that Mark Patton seemed to me he was a little on the feminine side. Uh, he wasn't as like a masculine, yeah. like mm-hmm. leading guy in movies like this. But it, that was as far as I thought it through. I just thought, oh, okay, he's got kind of a mm-hmm. high voice and he's a little bit more, you know, maybe feminine than. But I didn't think anything 
of it. And, and then mm-hmm. I didn't watch the film for like 10 years. <laughs> and then watching it again, I'm just like, Jesus, God, was I blind, <laughs> deaf, and stupid? Yeah. What the hell? Yeah, you there's know, a, you know, when he screams yeah. in this high-pitched shrill. Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, or he's doing and, the dance with the thing the on dance. his bed. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, it's just like... I know, and there's just a lot of things like that where it's like he goes to his best friend to basically come out of the closet, mm-hmm. and Freddie literally comes out of him, yeah. and it's just like, yeah, there's there's a couple metaphors here. Yeah, yeah. Sure. What, I mean, t- to be fair, I mean, I was 13 when that movie came out. Even being gay, I didn't didn't see it. You didn't like, see it either. <laughs> well, because well, back it also... then it was like things weren't weren't there wasn't gay stuff, so you didn't. It was just so. Oh, it was just two guys in a locker room joking around, you know. Right. The yeah, coach would just yeah. make them do push-ups. Like yeah, you did. Had a girlfriend, read, you know. Yeah, right, right, you right, didn't yeah. read into it. It just wasn't. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. It didn't come full circle for me till I got the the DVD box set. Remember that with the cool. Oh little, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. And they was talking about it. And I was like, oh, holy shit, it's right. It is. <laughs> yeah. Well, what's what's well, it also didn't help too that the writer and I think director denied it for a really long time. Mm-hmm. That what they were trying to do was what they ended up admitting is what they were trying to do, or at least the writer. I don't know writer, the writer. Not so the much director, about the director. Yeah. Um, but um, I saw Nightmare 2 as a teenager, and I still didn't, because mm-hmm. I, I feel like I, I don't know, maybe I developed later for a lot of that those things because my, my parents didn't want it. Like, we didn't even have the birds and the bees talk. My parents didn't even want to bring up the word sex around me. So, like, uh, I, I just, I kind of yeah. learned mm-hmm. on my own. So I never really had, like, a sexual awakening, you know? So I wasn't looking at Nightmare 2 as, like, a metaphor for homosexuality. I looked at it as it's a possession movie. Mm-hmm. They were trying to do something different, you know, than just do the same sequel again, which I still applaud it for because that's mm-hmm. really what they were doing to a certain extent. But of course, now you watch it and you're just like, hmm. "Oh God!" I mean, every Ow. single scene, like when Freddie's like, "I'm," you know, or when Jesse's like, "Freddie's trying to get inside my body and take me over." I mean, that shit's hilarious <laughs> yeah. now. Yeah, back then like, it was just always oh, come out of me. It's like, yeah, well, yeah, all right. Yeah. I mean, sure. even the song he dances to, like, oh, yeah. It's a, yeah. No, like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, by God, the coach goes to a leather bar, takes yeah. his student back to the school to run laps <laughs> then take a shower and literally gets assaulted by his own balls yeah right all right yeah, you know yeah. uh, subtle this movie really yeah. isn't but no. it's just yeah. like but then the whole a lot of films like that when you go back especially in the 80s mm-hmm. you just realize it's just like again i don't know how much of it and i'd be curious to get you guys' opinion on this was that something that you think the filmmakers deliberately intended in some cases or it was a situation where they just sort of wrote it and the way that it gets cast, I mean, the casting mm-hmm. makes a big impact. Yeah. Uh, other factors come into play. Um, you know, I, 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 do you think that uh, there was definitely an attempt to start adding in more gay subtext or did it just show up naturally because the culture shifted? I think honestly it was a case by case basis. I think there's some cases where there was a gay filmmaker like Tom Holland and Chris Sarandon were aware of it at the time, right? Mm-hmm. Like they wanted Jared Andrews to be bisexual. But then there's movies like Friday the 13th Part 7. It just so happened that act, gay actors were cast in roles. That movie is not gay in any I don't think Not really, but it's Carl like 90% or, cast gay, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so like, it's yeah. just by accident, but there's no gay sub like no one was meaning to do it necessarily. Mm-hmm. And I think too back then because there really wasn't a gay sensibility in terms of like reading film and stuff like that, like there is now, like when I watched Rocky three recently, there's this whole montage of Sylvester Stallone and Carl Weathers. Oh yeah. It, dancing yeah. in the water. Yeah. The, yeah. And yeah. like they didn't mean that to be gay. Cause back then guys could do that. And it, now you would never do that because 
people would read it as gay. So maybe because people weren't aware of it, they guys did things that to them didn't seem gay, but to us now seems so gay. Well, it's like a that, prism. Yeah. It's a prism of how you look through. So, I mean, yeah. I, I I know exactly what you're talking about. It's yeah. all slow motion, muscles mm-hmm. rippling, and they're like, "Hey, this dance is good." It's hilarious. Yeah, they done it with a Top Gun too. Remember the yeah, all the volleyballs in Top Gun. I mean, my God, you know, you really. But in Rocky Three, you would not have been surprised at that point if they just started making out right there in the ocean. And yeah. I've been like, I was like, oh, I love you, Apollo. Mm. You know, it's just like I would have been like, all right, well, you know. But back then, it was just male bond. It was just yeah, you know, like, I mean, like scenes yeah. in movies with like guys in showers. Like now, you would be like, whoa. But back then, I was just guys just took showers together naked. I guess yeah. right, slap each other on the butt. Well, yeah, like, I mean, my bloody Valentine I, or smack each other. That was something butt. that we were talking about all of us not too long ago. We're talking about how horror films, especially in the seventies and eighties, were very much geared towards heterosexual males right you know mm-hmm. big tits on the mm-hmm. cover and a lot of female nudity and male nudity when they couldn't avoid it basically um but you know the the, the women were very much <clears throat> front and center and uh you oh, know yeah. there was a, a lot of just it was it was food for the you know the the straight white male but there wasn't that sort of thing there wasn't like a lot of beefcake necessarily for guys the, the men in those movies were not necessarily there or or for or geared towards homosexual audiences at least not from my perspective were they to you no mm-hmm. no i remember dan o'bannon uh when he made return of the living dead you know he had linnea quickly do her dance and strip on the tombstone because his mindset was this is going to get the red-blooded teenage boys excited and everyone you know they're all going to tell their mm-hmm. friends about this that there's a naked yep. woman running around the movie for like 90 percent of the film and that's how that went down and, yes. and that's how that went down and then when he went to go see the movie i don't know if it was a premiere or just a screening he saw just as many women in the audience as he did men and he sh- said shit if i had known that i would have had tom matthews take his pants off <laughs> I, I, I but he yeah. you know it, it was it, there were a lot of decisions made um, in horror specifically to show nudity to get the red-blooded males in the audience mm-hmm. to get excited um, which you know I always thought was a weird sort of like mix of like I never watched a horror movie to get turned on mm-hmm. I never sat down and said I'm going to watch this and I'm I'm going to rub one out while this is on for lack of a better term <laughs> Um, you know, like it just never, it okay. never, so, well, so no, cause like I hear a lot of guys are no. like, oh man, like I got my first heart on watching Linnea Quigley stick a lipstick in her boob. And I'm like, wow. Okay. Like, you know, well, like you know, that's, I, I understand that. Great. It's a, it's a uh, weird, that is a weird dichotomy yeah. cause it's like horror and sexuality are a very uneasy mix. Right. You know, you I mean, I think the like... sexuality, maybe there's a, there's an idea, like, it's it's taboo, you're not supposed to be doing this thing, and, like, they're doing something they're not supposed to, so obviously something bad, it's like, you know, I think Friday the 13th and Halloween, in a way, sort of laid that foundation of, if you have sex, you're gonna you die. die, you know, the whole rule, so, you know, you get a little bit of the sexual thrill before you get knocked off, um... But I don't. I think that was more of the morality tale. But then it just became, oh, we need to get butts in the seat, so she takes her top off, so we can get you know more people in the theater. There were some movies that they straight up. I feel like they didn't even have a screenplay. They just had Polaroids of their their actresses <laughs> topless and kind mm-hmm. of glued them into pages mm-hmm. of the script, and then threw some blood in there, and then that was the movie. Uh, guarantee you that. You know, yeah, and mm-hmm. I but just, conversely, that sort of thing did not happen with naked pictures of guys in movies. No, no. no. Cast, you know, they didn't cast, they didn't cast it 
that way for with the with the, with no. the male gaze on a male. Mm-hmm. You know, they weren't thinking mm-hmm. that. Yeah, they wouldn't. Why would they? The, it's the not... first time I saw a male penis in a horror movie, because I hadn't seen Fear No Evil yet, was 28 mm-hmm. Days Later in 2002. Mm. That was the first time to my oh. memory, my recollection, that I saw full frontal male nudity for a split second because he's lying naked in the hospital bed and then he gets up and then we never see it again. Yeah. I mean, Fear No Evil had a lot of penises, I will say. That movie did throw some... Uh, they should that, use that, a, yeah, they should use that quote when they reissue it on yeah. the yeah. Blu-ray. Yeah. A lot of penises. Fear No yep. Evil had a lot of penises. Pen. Chris McGimmon of the Spooky Picture, <laughs> right? Well, that's uh, a perfect... yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, Frank Lelogia definitely, mm-hmm. you know, he's going to put uh, things that interest him. And, I mean, that you know, gay filmmakers are going to certainly go for that in their own way. But, well, uh, yeah. I mean, know. look at Jeepers Creepers, too. You can tell a gay man directed that just by the way the men are framed in the shot. Yeah, but that, that also brings in another together. problem there. Uh, just, yeah, you know, but yeah. Well, if you're no evil, sorry, it might be a better example. I mean, yeah, that's a bridge. You can tell. Across. Yeah, sorry. Well, like another example, when I saw Scream in 96, I was uh, 16, when that joke came up about Richard Gere and the gerbil, right away I'm yeah. like, oh, a gay man wrote this. A straight man would never write that line. There's just certain things. Yeah. You can kind of tell the way something's photographed or shot. There's just a sensibility that starts coming through um, when there's a gay versus straight director, I think. And that line confused me forever. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, what's she talking about? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think uh, – yeah, I, I, I'm trying to think of the first. The first for me, it was I, the Omen Three: Final Conflict. There was a the scene where um, Sam Neill has anal sex with the woman to kind of defile, and that was like it equated anal gay sex with mm. the right. devil. Oh, and I was like, oh yeah, like I got one for you. Sleepaway Camp. Uh, oh god, yeah. the end in the Sleepaway well, Camp. And I yeah. think that's the first time I saw. And they, well, yeah. well, at the end. Well, that gets problematic, right? Because that's yeah. like, yeah, that's I mean, necessarily because was Angela wasn't gay, right? It was just a boy forced to be a woman against her, yeah. against his. I don't. But know. But it was a naked male at the end. Though. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, 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 yeah, no, yeah. There yeah, was, yeah. 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 Was but see, I, Kevin, honestly, Sleepwell can't until uh, the DVD box that came out, whenever that was. So I mean, oh, I, yeah. I, 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 there were a lot of. Slasher specifically, I I didn't go after when I was younger. I went after a lot of zombie movies and possession movies and vampire movies. Yeah. I didn't necessarily go after the the slasher stuff because it didn't really resonate with me. I didn't really mm-hmm. like Friday the Thirteenth was the only series that I was like I love all of these movies and I want to watch them. But you know the rest of them I was like eh, I could take mm-hmm. it or leave it. Exactly. Like I love the first Nightmare on Elm Street and I liked a couple of the other ones. You know as I watched them as a teenager, but as a, you know as a kid I think I saw the first one and then. I don't know, Jason became the guy that I gravitated towards. Um, so I didn't see Sleepaway Camp until I was a teenager, so or late, probably, or actually probably even later than that, probably like 19 because, or something yeah. like that. I, I have a, a question I'd like to ask both of you, because this is something that I certainly noticed. I was probably aware of at the time, but certainly noticed in retrospect. When gay characters would show up in prominent roles in horror films in the 70s, certainly in the 80s and into the 90s, there was a tendency of making them the gay the, the, the killer was gay or are con- yeah. you know, closeted gay gender confused yeah gender confused yeah. transgender or whatever that became a big trope yeah, through a ton mm-hmm. even i mean silence of the lamps has yeah. oh, five thirteenth even five thirteenth yeah, yeah mm-hmm. for, i mean sleepaway camp i mean all these all these films have 
uh, you know, there's a Charles Bronson film that uh, Ten to Midnight. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Oh yeah, you know, that's another one. So there's a lot. There's a, and those are just a, one, ex, you know, a few examples of a much larger trend. Was that something that you guys picked up on, and went kind of like, yeah, I don't. It's unfortunate that that's how limited they see this community. Well, you know, for me, but for me. I guess because I knew I was gay when I was six and I never, I was lucky. I never had a problem with it. I had a supportive family. So I, I do remember reading a lot that like there was always sexuality was always tied toward to violence. Like sexual trauma was always at root of all these things. Like even John Carpenter, when he wrote Halloween said the idea was that Michael Myers sees his sister having sex and kills her and he's frozen in this sort of psychosexual trauma that he recreates it over and over again. You know, same with Mrs. Voorhees, blah, blah, blah. Freddy Krueger was a child molester of boys and girls originally. So I just saw it as, oh, well, sexual repression and, you know, negative sexuality like pedophiles. It stems from that. But just being gay doesn't mean you're bad. So I personally never connected it, but I totally can see how most people, especially if you had you know, you're growing up in an environment where people are telling you gay was bad, that you would see it as like some sort of, you know, um, critique against homosexuality or deviant sexuality. But I was lucky, I guess, in that I just like, I saw Norman Bates as just a confused guy who killed people. I didn't say, oh, he's like me. And oh my God, they're making some comment on me or so. I don't know how you felt Gibbs though, if, if, if you had a Pollyanna experience like I did. Um, I probably just didn't understand it, to be honest. Mm. I probably just didn't... Like I said, I, I was very sheltered in that sense growing mm. up. I just... It would have been alien to me that that even registered. I think if I watched mm. that stuff now as an adult, I'd be like, hmm, that's interesting. But I might might look at it from the other perspective of, oh, cool, they're making a gay character, not a victim. They're making mm-hmm. them the, the mm. one that, every, you know, um, that everyone should be... I guess, you know, running from because they're not scared and cowering in the crowd. Because there's a lot of movies, not even just in the horror genre, but outside of the horror genre, that a gay character is often depicted as some type of a victim or like the best, the overly flamboyant best friend of the lead girl mm-hmm. character. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I love the movie <laughs> Tu Wong Fu um, with Patrick Swayze and Wesley Snipes, but there are a lot of people in our community that don't love that movie because it's sort of presented like this I, idol, idealistic way of the whole this this you know very closed-minded community you know because of these three drag queens opens up their minds and becomes all these different people like overnight because they realize how amazing these women (laughs) or these men in dresses can be Mm -hmm. and you know and the bigots turned on on a whim and it's real life's not like that and i remember someone was explaining to me like don't you ever want to watch a movie just have a good time like to me Mm -hmm. too long who's a very funny light-hearted sweet movie i never looked at it as this is a negative you know this is a bad thing because it's it's portraying this bigoted town as being open-minded and sort of like coming around later like i always thought that's that's probably what we want right um so it was always weird you know when i kind of had that conversation thinking like wow like this is bizarre that there's people that don't like this movie because it it it, it puts think, a positive spin on everything, so that's bad. Okay, whatever. I think um, for some people, it's because it's told from a straight perspective, so the gay characters only exist to help the straight people be better people. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. You know yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that's it's kind of like maybe, the magical Negro trope. Yeah, kind of exactly. the same yeah. deal. But I mean, in a way, and not to get off on a tangent on that because it's obviously not horror related, but the sure. characters themselves grow too. You know, like they find that you know mm-hmm. they can they can find what they're looking for 
it's almost like a Wizard of Oz type of thing. Like their home is right in their backyard. You know, they've been searching for meaning their whole lives, and they found it in this town where like these people didn't want them there. And now they love them. So realizing they can kind of make their lives work wherever they end up. Um, they don't have to be here or be there. Uh, but anyway, um, I did want to talk a bit about some gay characters in horror early on because it was actually uh, Kevin and I were discussing this the other day. Um, we were trying to pinpoint the first instance of where an openly gay character appeared in a horror film where it wasn't subtext. It wasn't suggested. These characters were gay um, very openly and very, um, you know, just very proudly. And the t- there's actually two movies released the same year that we both looked at and said these there was no question here uh one is blackula from 1972 <laughs> the in uh, the antique dealers bobby and billy are both not only are they gay they're an interracial couple which this is a black exploitation movie so it's uh it's you know it was interesting that they went that route and also very you know i think great that they did and then uh, a drive-in movie children shouldn't play with dead things um emerson and roy uh, the ghouls turn, you know, turn straight. Um, there's actually even a joke in the movie where he goes, you know, these are two real ghouls. They just had a change of heart. That's all. And he goes, yeah, we're trying to go straight. Teehee. And it's, 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 you know, they're the comic, they're essentially a comic relief in some way, but, um, you know, also great characters. And, um, I mean, everybody in that movie, spoiler alert, becomes zombie food. So I guess it's, it's a 50 year old movie. Both of these, those movies are turning 50 this year. So it's crazy mm-hmm. that, to think that 50 years ago might have been the first instance of a gay character appearing on screen in two essentially drive-in yeah. movies like that I can't I can't even I can't think of one before that I mean, before that was I'm always sure. evil gay character you know it was yeah, yeah. I mean, just, yeah. but you know I, I can't I was yeah. trying to think of when would have been the first time I recognized a gay character in a horror movie and I think for me was probably creep show and the reason creep show is mm-hmm. is uh, in the first segment Father's Day um, one of the uh, the Grantham care, uh, family members, Richard Grantham, played by Warner Shook, um, who's a, a gay man who's also a, a, not only an actor but a theater director. You know, done a lot of stuff, and um, you know, I recognized him as being gay because he acted very, very similar. It was very similar in uh, voice, tone, and appearance to uh, one of my cousins who I knew was gay from a very, very young age, and so I recognized. I was like, oh, he's just like my cousin. Okay. And so, and you know, he's very flamboyant in the film and very eight life grand misty and are mm-hmm. we conserving energy? I mean, it's just, and so it's like, okay. And I, all I thought about it was the time was like, oh, all right. You know, it didn't really make any difference to me because I was fortunate and I was raised in a family where it was just like, gay is no big deal. It's just mm-hmm. like, it's one, some people are gay, some people aren't, whatever, you know, it doesn't tell you anything about who that person is. Um, you know, I, I, I've known assholes I've known gay people who are complete assholes. I've known heterosexuals who are complete assholes. You know, that's uh, that doesn't tell me anything about it. So I, it never, as a kid, occurred to me to notice that in any other way than to go, oh, okay. You know, it was just like... Yeah. But here's, here's a funny little story. I, was gonna, I wanted to uh, bring this up and just show you how kind of weird things can get sometimes. Um, David Cronenberg's movie Crash, <laughs> which is a very, very... Even by David Cronenberg's standards, it's a pretty out there film, which yeah. is about this small cabal of people who are turned on by car wrecks <laughs> and, you know, get huh. together and are, you know, are associated by not only turned by cars, but they're turned on by getting into accidents with each other. And then they have wild passionate sex with each other. Sometimes <laughs> in places you're not. Yeah, it's really kind of it's it's a fascinating movie, but 
you know, and there was a lot of press about this movie coming out that it was very, you know, psychosexual and very strange. And it's David Cronenberg, blah, blah, blah. Well, I went, I was living in Charlotte, North Carolina at that time. And I went and saw it at uh, the movies at Sardis. I remember it was an afternoon show, late afternoon show. And it was a big house and it was about half full, which I was surprised by because this is an art house movie. I wasn't expecting it to have a big crowd, but it was about halfway full. And I sat in the back of the theater and I made it a game with myself to see, okay, how many of these people are going to be left <laughs> by the time that this movie's over? And there were two old ladies sitting about three or four rows in front of me together. They, they came together and I was like, I bet you they're out of here in the first 10 minutes. Well, anyway, movie unfolds and all this weird crap is happening. And James Spader is having sex with Rosanna Arquette's thigh wound at one point. Yeah. And people <laughs> every now and then, like every 10 minutes, 10, mm-hmm. like five or six people get up and leave and they're just gone. Two things. The old two old ladies made it all the way through, no problem whatsoever. No, they didn't have a problem. But the the moment that caused the most people to walk out of there was when James Spader started making out with Elias Cateus. Hmm. That was it. Uh, yeah, that was the yeah. one where people were like, "I'll I'll let you can fuck a you can fuck a car or <laughs> put your your dick in a thigh wound and a, you know that." But I don't, yeah. two guys kissing, fuck that shit, and it was just like, really? That's yeah. what made you get? They were people that literally. Masturbating to uh, like driver's ed videos and cars. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. I mean, it's just like you know. But no. But no. Two guys kissing. Not, yeah. Sorry, kids. It's a bridge too far. And I remember it being kind of sad. I was just like, yeah. really, people. Oh man, we're just a bunch of sad fucks. You but know, did the car like, consent? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Exactly. No. 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 no the just... car didn't get a fucking say in this. But oh, it was just damn. like, god damn. It's just like that was maybe because homosexuality is like. Every day, it's like it's real. I mean, how many, how often do people get turned down by car crashes? Right? Maybe they could. That was hopefully so not many and not too many. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it I does know. that comes off as a little bit more science fiction, but still, yeah. it's yeah. whenever you mix the sexual into something, we're such a puritanical mm-hmm. country in a lot of yes. ways. Yeah, we are. People are just and it did cause people to walk out, but it was mostly people going, "Oh, this is weird," you know. Yeah. But I saw people like pissed off. Yeah, mm-hmm. when when Spader and Katea started making, I was like, ah, fucking queer. Well, I was like, really? I remember really? seeing Death Trap. Did you ever see the movie Death Trap? Oh yeah, when Michael uh, Caine kisses. Oh, when they kiss each other. Oh my god, I remember yeah. that as a kid, the reaction in the audience. Sucks, you know. Oh, <laughs> Superman, no! It's no. like, oh, yeah. come on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a great moment. That was '81. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. like really, yeah. you know. I remember that as a kid too. Going, didn't see that coming. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Yeah. But again, it didn't. I, I guess I just I, I was kind of sheltered. You know, I had a very liberal family, so I was yeah. kind of sheltered and like, eh, whatever. Two guys kissing, whatever. Knock yourself out. Yeah. It didn't occur to me that you know, boy, there's going to be a lot of people that don't like that sort of thing and are going to rebel against it, mm-hmm. and, and in their movies, and they don't want it in their art either. Yeah. Oh, I just have another gay character that I guess is positive is um, uh, Theo from The Haunting. Was it 1963? Robert Wise. Oh, very much so. Yeah, yes. Well, yeah. yeah. She might be yeah. one. Yeah. Yeah, that might have been that. That's probably the earliest, if anything. Yeah. Oh yeah, um, and they, they try to reinterpret it for the '99 one. Speak of that. Yeah. Oh. Tell us how you really feel, Kevin. Uh, there's <laughs> also um, um, oh. we will be really hard pressed to not mention uh, on a queer horror episode, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Well, mm. sure. Yeah, I mean that bent the that on. bent the lines all over the place. Yeah, yeah I but mean, it's interesting just... how. 
that's an interesting i want to ask you guys about that one too because obviously that was not a big success when it first came out but became this drive-in sensation and then Mm -hmm. it became dress as your favorite character and yell your lines at the screen and blah 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 and i've seen interviews and things with people who dress up as frankfurt the full fucking costume and they're like yeah i'm not gay i just for fun and it's just like Mm -hmm. So you think people were perceiving that movie more as a camp thing or as uh, or, or as a gay thing? <laughs> I want to answer this one because I've actually um, I'm a lot, I'm friends. Um, there's a group up here called the RKO Army and they're based out of Providence, Rhode Island, and they do a lot of the shadow castings of Rocky Horror. Um, Rocky Horror Picture Show for a lot of people who felt like they didn't have a place in the world found one. Mm-hmm. Every person I've met that's a Rocky Horror Picture Show shadow caster that dresses up as the characters is, generally speaking, usually one of the most kindest and most generous person you can ever hope to run into. And because they found their family that they didn't have one way or another. The people that they grew up with never understood them. And now they have this group of people that get them, understand what they, who they are, what they are what they identify as, what they don't identify as, and accept it immediately. There's no coming out if you're a Rocky Horror Picture Show shadow caster. You just are who you are. And I think with Rocky Horror, the line, don't dream it, be it, really stuck with a lot of people of just be who you are, no matter what that is. And with that movie, I think I know it means as much as it does to people because it gave them that vehicle to be able to be proud of who they are, no matter what that person was. In a, in a positive way, of course. Like, if you're a serial killer, I don't think Rocky Horror is going to be like, yeah, be out and proud. But, um, you know, if you're just a weird kid who doesn't quite fit in to the, mm-hmm. you know, the, 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 the conformity of what social norms accept as, you know, whatever. Like, if you're a, guy, you're a straight guy who just happens to, like, wear women's clothing because, you know, it's just, it's more comfortable. You like the way it looks on you. Um, Rocky Horror is the movie that's like, yeah, that's cool. Don't worry about it. You can dress up like that and show up to one of our screenings and no one's even going to blink an eye. You're gonna be you're gonna you're gonna fit in just fine. I, I really feel like Rocky Horror created an extended family for so many people, and for that, I think it's just invaluable. How long did it take for that to happen? What was it like when it first came out? The reception of that movie it wasn't good. It was underground. Yeah, yeah, it was, was cold. Speaking. It took. A, yeah, I mean, it's, look, yeah, strictly it speaking, while. it's not a good movie. I mean, it's yeah. it's really crude. It doesn't move very well at times, and it's got. You know, just it's got a lot of problems. And I remember when I first saw it, it was on videotape when it finally came out mm-hmm. on videotape. And I watched it because I've been hearing about it for years. And I was like, this is it? Mm-hmm. I mean, this is, a, this is a wild, crazy thing. It wasn't until years later that I got it, that I got yeah. what, it, what it was really, what, really what, it, what it was about. It's not so much the movie itself. Yeah. It's the, it's the, the environment that it created for people. It's like yeah. horror conventions. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like it, it's a place mm-hmm. where you can go and feel completely safe as who you are and you're not going to be judged by a f- single fucking person. Yeah. Right. And right. Uh, so, yeah, I think Chris nailed it with that movie. That's that's what that movie is really about. And the message of the movie is very much the same thing as well. Yeah. So yeah. it's you know, it's it's less about the movie than the environment of it. Yeah, I need I need to check out one of those screenings. I've never been to one. Yeah. I've never been to one either. Actually. I've only well, seen it on VHS. Kind of, they've kind of degenerated, like because when I was, it was a very urban thing because that kind of movie, midnight movies, would play 
in urban areas. And uh, again, there's no internet. So I remember reading about it for years in magazines. Like it, that wouldn't, you wouldn't have a Rocky Horror Midnight movie in Peoria in 1978. So, <laughs> you know, um, it was a, a very big gay audience an alternative audience. But then like over the years, it's become so mainstream. Like that was, I was going to bring up, there's like this theory that like there's certain kinds of gay like movies that like are inoffensive to like there'll be a movie like Tu Wong Fu or Birdcage um, or like it always makes me laugh when like they play Village People's YMCA you know and at the beginning of sports events and everyone you see moms right. suburban moms doing YMCA I'm like you realize the song is about like a gate going to YMCA right yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah so it's like yeah or like um, Bohemian Rhapsody like if you water down or, uh, the gay stuff enough, it's like like people want to feel like they're accepting. They don't actually want like really true and hardcore depictions of gay sexuality. Like someone who like loves a birdcage is probably not going to like cruising. You know what I mean? Like cruising is too far. Right. A certain well, way, I, so. I don't like cruising for reasons that don't have anything with the well, gay yeah. material. Uh, but I like the birdcage a lot. But that doesn't yeah. mean that I would. No, I don't mean in a bad sense. But you know what I mean? Like no. a birdcage is, oh, it's a, these are cute gay guys who are cute together and fun, but you don't see Robin Williams and Nathan Lane, like going down, you know, you don't yeah, see really graphic PG, well, that would have been very odd all of a sudden, very light film. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, all right, time to, you know, oh, it was just yeah. like, but then again, if they were a straight couple, I would have think that would weird if we suddenly saw that happen in that as movie, well. Yeah. You, know, you know, it's just like, it's all about the context, but you know, something yeah. like cruising was something I wanted to come up because technically not a horror film, but certainly Kinda, a very yeah. raw and real one, or at least considered real. It's kind of a slasher film. So. Yeah, it really is. I mean, it's, it's yeah. I mean, it's it's a film that uh, was extremely controversial in its day, mm-hmm. and I think it's even more so now, because yeah. not only was it a, a, a subject that people were not ready for back then, now it's a subject that people are ready to talk about, but they don't think that cruising talked about it correctly. So yeah. I'm just. What yeah. was, I actually love cruising. Thing? I love that. Yeah. Movie. I was yeah. curious about what you guys think because I, I I just have problems with the, some of the characterizations. I oh think yeah, there's some issues. Too, yeah. They're too simplistic. It, it you doesn't know, and, work but, as a mystery, but that's what makes it well interesting. Made. It's very well made yeah. and very well acted. Yeah. But it's um, well, that's a fascinating movie because the way it was taken at the time is different. Like people, I understand back in the '70s you didn't have a lot of gay representation, so the idea that the one of the first big mainstream gay movies, quote unquote, is about you know a serial killer in a leather in the leather community you know and there's fisting and all this crazy shit going on <laughs> um but i always saw it as you know oh you know sexual repression leads to violence i didn't see it as like oh it's this if you are with a gay person you're become a gay serial killer i thought that was a very simplistic way of looking at it yeah I don't think it, again that William goes to Franken the whole so, yeah, yeah it goes to yeah. the whole you're mentally deranged yeah linking that with you know, you're a psychotic, and you're linking that with homosexuality. Yeah, but that's not yeah. William. Fre- it's not what William Freakin met. But I, I guess I can see how people see that. But um, so I thought, yeah, it's a really interesting, interesting movie. Um, yeah, I just meant like, um, yeah, I, I just it's. Um, I can understand like it's hard for people to see. Uh, you know, you want to support gay people, but at the same time, yeah, if if you're not straight, if you're not gay, right? It's it's weird. You probably don't want to watch like a graphic sex scene do you like mm-hmm. and it's an awkward question yeah you're right right if it's two women and you're a straight guy you're into that you probably don't want to see like two dudes going no, into not it, not right? necessarily yeah. Yeah. maybe i'm not <laughs> in, maybe i'm in it for the plot you know well i don't want to see lesbians yeah i don't want to see two lesbians on screen i mean like yeah. um a good example is that um american horror story have you ever mm-hmm. like after like an episode that features like gay characters 
like went online and read the forums and Facebook and stuff like no. that. People don't people don't like it. Yeah. They don't like that at all. Mm. Which is a shame. Yeah. It, it's uh, yeah. you know I I have this weird um this I have a weird relationship with the horror community. I love so much of it, but there's still a lot of it that unfortunately is I think any fandoms like this, so it's not exclusive to horror, but um is laced with homophobia. There's a lot of people who are just yeah. not still not yeah. comfortable with the whole thing. Um fairly recently I was at a convention and was called something not very nice by a vendor that was there after he found out that I was gay through private messaging. He sent me a nasty message um, after I bought two things from his table. Um, and, you know, and then Name was trying him. to support his business. I can't. <laughs> I won't because it'll... I, uh, I, 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 you know, see, this is the funny thing. So Peter laughed because th- I said this to a couple of my other friends that were just as upset as you guys are. If a short person can't reach the top shelf, they just get a stool. They don't go and tell the world about it. Um, we deal with this stuff all the time. It's not new to us. So for me to make a big stink out of it, even in this day and age, is like, well, this is going to come back on me in a negative way because if he's this outwardly homophobic, so are his friends. And this guy lives in Connecticut, which is not far from me. He also has my address because we I purchased an item through Square and you get the person's billing address. Oh, yeah. I don't need this coming to my home if something hits him negatively where it's going to interfere with his business, which in some ways it kind of already has because the, the uh, person who runs the show is no longer booking this person. Uh, there's a couple other shows that have agreed not to book him because of this because um, he very stupidly sent it through a message instead of you know doing anything else. Uh, so, yeah. it's, you know, I, I took a screenshot of it and sent it to a few people that were going to do business with them or that are friends of mine. And that's kind of what snowballed the whole thing. But they all wanted me to blast them on social media. Like, what's the point? It's just mm-hmm. going to become a big fucking thing. And I'm going to I'm going to be the one who's going to get attacked by his friends. And I'm going to deal with all the extra stress. I'd rather just walk away. And the only people who got that were my other friends who were gay. Everyone who was straight that I'm friends with was so offended by well, what happened. Interesting. Yeah, because we don't I'm see not. it. Yeah, we don't. Yeah. That's not as straight. We're not going to see that insidious shit. Yeah, we just yeah. one thing. It's one know? thing. It's one thing if someone comes up to a gay friend of mine and says "fuck you, faggot," and you know, and yeah. runs away or something. It's like, well, that you can see and go, oh, mm-hmm. of course. But crap like what you're talking about, it's just like, and that makes makes me sad because it's like that has to be just one example of hundreds. Oh yeah, upon and that's hundreds pe- and that's of for shit pe- that you've had to deal with. And luckily, in this instance, the people who are on the outside know me well enough and spoke well enough of my character that the people who run these shows are like yeah we're not going to book this guy if, if he's going to do this we're not going to make good. our guests uncomfortable well, um, no, yeah because that's not that's completely unacceptable and i do want to know who this person is tell me offline because i will be setting fire to their house um <laughs> you know yeah for real yeah, yeah, I like. I don't want to buy nothing from him yeah. later on. And, uh, you yeah, know, yeah, I, yeah, I don't want to buy. Yeah, I don't want to accidentally buy something from this motherfucker. Um, but it's it's funny, and you would think, here I am thinking, well, the horror community would never allow that. It's like, but it they find their way yeah, in there yeah. too, don't it they? Does. I remember when Chucky Chucky came out, there was a lot of people on these forums that were complaining that the lead character was gay. That we were that Don Mancini was shoving an agenda down mm-hmm. people's throats. That's what was being yeah. discussed: is that they're trying to yeah. force gay being normal on the mainstream audience by introducing this character and i'm like first of all chucky isn't even the first tv show to have a predominantly gay character in the mainstream did you i mean obviously you guys 
maybe never heard of it, but you might want to look into it. There's a little show called Glee that was on yeah. for like 12 yeah. fucking years that like yeah. 80% of the cast was gay. And like this was on primetime TV on Fox. Chucky is a horror series on sci-fi. Like, yeah, it's, it's a little, it's a little late for the outrageous. Yeah, kind right. of, you know, like, yeah, you, the outrage the just seems to be a little, yeah. little, uh, little, little too late. But I, I just, you know, it, it still happens. It's very prevalent, and it, it, when I see it, I, I don't engage it. I don't comment on those posts. I don't reply. I don't try to defend it because I'm like this person so set in their ways that they came on here to publicly talk about it. And there's a lot of people supporting them. And if I jump in, I'm going to get tackled. And I'm just like, sometimes you just got to know when to walk away. And most of the time, it's it's worth it to walk away. It's got to be difficult to know when to put gasoline on a fire and when to stamp it out before yeah. you really get started. Yeah. For me, it's always if it affects someone else. For me personally, I don't care. Like, I just, I don't know. I never had, I'm just like, eh, whatever. not everyone likes me. And um, I have wonderful family and friends and everything. So it's like... Um, if someone's a day faggot or something, I'd just be like, whatever, like, you know, go on with my day. But it's only if it affects someone else around me, then I would stand up. For well, that. I mean, Peter, that bothers me reasons, more. There's yeah. a lot of reasons not to like you, and none of it has to do yes, with being exactly. Exactly. Man. I mean, that's, no, I mean, that's, you know, so, I mean, that, that's, that's a whole yeah. separate thing. But still, it, it, it's, you know, look, at the end of the day, I, 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 uh, I want to ask one question about when did, and this is for everybody. Is there a horror movie that you can remember, like the first one that you can remember, where you perceived a relationship as being gay, even if it was not in any way clearly perceived as, as such? Where you kind of went, maybe that was the first time you kind of went, you know, I wonder if there could be, if there's, I wonder. I just want, you know, because I remember the first time it happened for me. It was in Fred Decker's Night of the Creeps. Because I think I always perceived that Jason Lively... Mm-hmm. And Stephen Carpenter's characters that he, the the JC, the best friend, the crippled best friend, there was something of a gay subtext there because he's like, and there's conversations he has with him where it's just like, look, I'm never going to get laid, but I thought I might as well help out my best friend, see if he can get lucky. So what the hell? And then at the end, he records this really lovely message to him where it's like, I love you, Chris. And, you know, you hear him die on this thing. And it's like. I, you know, this could be very easily perceived that way. And yet Fred, Fred Decker said, no, I didn't necessarily write that at all. I just wrote them as best friends in the spirit of best friends I've had. Yeah. But, you know, people bring things to it and the actors bring things to it. And once it's out there, it's not, a, you know, you kind of have to let go of it. And it, it has to, it can, it's free to be perceived. It's not wrong. It's just different. Mm-hmm. So that was something, that was one that I remember very early on going, I wonder if, you know, do you guys have any ones that kind of, I mean, you touched on Fright Night, but I was wondering if those ones that maybe weren't as necessarily obvious. Like an actual that. relationship? Like, because Fright Night, Evil Ed doesn't have a relationship. Yeah. yeah so. like No, he means like Jerry and Billy Cole. I mean, they were very. Yeah. You know. Actually, the first one I remember laughing in the theater seeing it even was um, Witchboard. <laughs> I'm like, the, oh, oh yeah. man. The, yeah, yeah. Those two guys, I'm like, mm, I think that guy's in love with the other guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. The first one is Fright Night for me. I, I, I got to yeah. go back to that one. Billy. Yeah. It, yeah. Was cause, it was because of the mom. The mom was thinking it. Didn't he's, yeah, with my yeah. luck, yeah. he's probably gay. Yeah. yeah. And then you're like, um, I wonder. <laughs> yeah. The... Uh, it's it's not one that I feel like is cemented in anything other than just my perception of it is um, um, Bill, uh, Billy and John and Day of the Dead. Um, mm. I, mm. I, I 
look at those two characters, and even though at one point John suggests making babies with Seraph, like, oh, this guy's just trying to get laid too, right? But I'm also thinking, like, he's also trying to repopulate the world. Maybe he's bisexual, but these two have a home outside of the compound. It's very nicely set up. It's got these, you know, these nice, you know, lights up in this kind of patio area. A tropical theme going on. Right. They've got thing. one bed in there. So, like, yeah. you know, it's just like, and it says, you know, bless our home. Like, it's their home. It's not his home or his home. It belongs to them. It's never outwardly discussed or said, but it, I, I, I did love the fact, and I do love the fact that that might be what it was supposed to be. Maybe it was, maybe it wasn't. I don't know. But if it was, fucking phenomenal, because our, our heroes in that movie are two potentially gay characters and a very strong, very independent female character, and goddamn, that just makes that movie a million times better for me. Uh, I never that heard that was the jo- case. I never heard George ever talk about that, whether that was... But I know George well enough that if you had mentioned that to him, he would have said, yeah, maybe. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Uh, you know, because he also... George was a very progressive filmmaker in a lot of ways, certainly in terms of his casting choices and the themes he chose to... Uh, uh, the characters he explored in his movies. But he was also not one who... And I find it interesting if you can talk about filmmakers that you notice... They don't necessarily, I mean, they'll put stuff in their movies, but they leave it for the audience to decide at the end of the day, mm-hmm. bring what they need to to it as well. Because, yeah. like, I remember talking about George with Martin. Is he really a vampire or not? Are we seeing actual memories from his past, or is this kid nuts? And George said, you know, personally, I kind of always thought he was nuts, but then sometimes I think I don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. that's why I left it vague in the movie, because that's for you to tell me. And I don't know if that really matters at the end of the day. Yeah, it does. You know? So it's like, I'm curious if there's ever been, you know, certain filmmakers you just noticed that are are just more willing to just let the audience figure things out for themselves rather than necessarily preaching to them about certain things like sexuality or, you know, that sort of thing. I think David Cronenberg, like, he lets... Oh, Cronenberg, big time. Yeah. Yes, Ugh. God, yeah. yeah. So, mm-hmm. yeah. yeah, George. I mean, George Romero would be high up on my list for that because there was... He he, I always viewed him, which is probably why I, I he became my favorite director because he just sort of, um, there was always something else going on in his movies. There was it was mm-hmm. never a black and white issue of this is the story and this is exactly what you're getting. There was always some underlying subtext of something else below the surface that you had to dig a little deeper to figure out or look into to figure out. Uh, but on the surface, you still got the movie that you were looking to get out of it. So you know. Um, but he's the only one I can really think of that I thought, you know, was, that would have done, I mean, Cronenberg obviously as well. Clive Barker. Yeah. Yeah. Hellraiser. Well, geez, Hellraiser alone. I mean, my God. Yeah. Those cute little movies. Oh, you love those. You love (laughs) those. (laughs) Those Cenobites are so adorable. I mean, even something like Nightbreed. I mean, Nightbreed for me. Oh, sure. um, Sure. Is something that, you know, I think. Absolutely. You know, this guy is trying to find where he fits in. It's an underground community. Yeah. You know? <laughs> of people who are considered weirdos and monsters. Right. That's yes. not a subtle metaphor. That are, yeah, that are actually the, that are actually yes. the good yeah. guys, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, for sure. Yeah. I always thought werewolves, to a certain extent, mm-hmm. were a metaphor for homosexuality. That's a, yeah, I, and I, yeah, I would say more so than vampires, too. Yeah. Trying because to fight the evil within, and then it within, comes out comes out and you can't help it then you're your free self but then you have to put it back inside and yeah. conform with the you uh, know there's uh, i never thought of that hmm. 
Yeah, yeah. Vampires are sure. We've just blown Kevin's mind. <laughs> well, this, like, <laughs> yeah. I never, I never saw it, but Ginger Snaps. Are they? Are they lesbians? Or are they? I just think so. Girlfriend. Yeah. 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 I've actually never seen it either. So. But mm-hmm. I, I, it's been so long. It's hard for me to remember now. But there are just horror. Just I think lends itself because you can couch so many real life issues and themes mm-hmm. within a fantasy or a monster or you know you know George yeah. would talk about it's like they're not going to pay me I'm never going to get to make a tree grows in Brooklyn but I can make a tree grows in Brooklyn with zombies in it mm-hmm. right. and still do the film I want but whip some zombie action at you too right. so mm-hmm. people like George and John Carpenter who's very you know you watch like stuff like They Live it's like the political and social commentary is, is all over the place <laughs> That's you know. actually a good look at uh, someone's watching me. I mean, the character oh, you yeah. for Jim Barbeau is incredibly progressive. Mm, yeah. lesbian character, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, the, the filmmakers find their way to explore their themes in horror in a way that can be easily ignored by people who don't want to see mm-hmm. shit like that because they can just turn a blind eye to it. Right. But if you want to see it, it's absolutely there for you to see it. Mm-hmm. And it's uh, well, the mean, best must, filmmakers yeah. find a way to have it there without it being there. You know what I mean? Right, right. That's actually what I, I I'm not saying. I mean, I'm glad that kids today have such, you know, overt representation. They can see themselves, but on screen. But I really miss the days growing up when everything was subtext. It's so much fun to like stuff we're talking about. Like it's so much fun. Oh, yeah, when you yeah. watch them, like, you go, oh my god, like <laughs> no, I'm with you, way. Peter. Subtext uh, yeah. is everything. That's the yeah. fun. I do. That's I like, did. Lo- I did love the mindset of I figured this thing out. I think mm-hmm. let me tell you about it and see if you agree or not and if you don't right. why mm-hmm. and that it does prompt more discussions to try to have that discussion yeah. of like were John and Billy Boy gay in Day of the Dead or were mm-hmm. were they not like that's you know it's subtext it's not because the in answer your face. it's funny I don't think the answer matters no huh? it really doesn't it's the, it's, yeah. no. it's, the dis- it's the discussion about and exploring it because then it explores issues within your own heart and your yeah. own mind and it causes mm-hmm. you to think outside anything that challenges your own preconceptions is great because it makes because it it does one of two things it either makes you go hey wait a minute maybe i've been wrong about this or it makes you go no this solidifies what i Mm -hmm. believe and when it comes to you know homosexuality in art in general i you know as a heterosexual i haven't had the, the, the the situation where i felt i needed to be represented because i was represented all over the place yeah but i was also raised in an environment thank god where I was told very early on that this is not something you should ever be afraid of or hate people for. It's just the way it's just some men like men, some men like women, women like women, women like whatever. Who yeah. gives a shit? And I was very lucky with that. A lot of people aren't. They're sometimes yeah. raised in environments where it's like, no. And so mm-hmm. then they look at art, homosexuality and art as a bad thing. And it colors everything that's in that movie. Yeah, and it's you know, and and here's another thing I wanted to ask about. I'm sorry to ramble on a little bit, but um, one thing I'm getting real tired of, and this happens now, it seems like even more than ever. God forbid if you're in a horror or science fiction show and you have a healthy or a promising gay relationship, one of them's gonna die. Oh yeah, <laughs> at some every point, every time, 
Every time. I mean, Walking Dead is full of that shit. Yeah. You get a, yeah. you get a, 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 a gay character shows up, that motherfucker is dead within the next three episodes. Uh, <laughs> there can only know. be one. Really? Yeah, Every there can time. only be one. Yeah, you cannot have more than one at any given moment. And God forbid if you have two happy gay people, that's just way too fucking many. I you mean, know, in, fa in fairness, I, I, I haven't watched Walking Dead since season eight, I'll be honest, but in fairness, there are a lot of couples on that show that get ripped apart by zombies one before the other. Nobody was allowed to have a happy relationship fair enough that that's that's fair enough but so they were equally see, like you know but at equal. least they would at least get an arc or at least get like yeah. a season or two yeah. but it seems yeah. like if there's one gay character and then another one shows up hey and then like a safe gets dropped on him and it's yeah. like what the hell <laughs> it doesn't even make fucking sense what yeah. the hell? i mean you know i remember in star trek discovery they had a, a really wonderful gay relationship being portrayed between two characters. And then they just offed one of the guys for really no reason whatsoever. <laughs> yeah. And it was just like, well, fuck you. I was just like, that just seemed so arbitrary. And it was, but that's, that's been happening for years because again, there could only be one. Yeah. <laughs> it's just that's like, kind of how, that's kind of how I feel like it was. Um, did, was there, I'm sorry. You asked a question about that. What was your question? Yeah. Well, my question was, is that something that you've noticed dating back even before? Because that's something I, I, I've only recently, not honestly recently, but uh, certainly wasn't something that as a kid growing up I was ever aware of. But did you notice that it's just like, it's one thing to have a gay character, but boy, there are not a lot of long-term or effective gay relationships in movies at all. Hmm. Well, I always saw it as like, uh, up until recently, I guess. I mean, it's always about straight I mean, everything's made for and about straight people, so... Yeah whether it's a final girl or a lead guy, there's always going to be a straight relationship. So any, any minority is always going to be supporting. So just by law of attrition, whether you're black, gay, what, uh, you know, uh, whatever minority you're going to probably die first. Cause mm -hmm. it always has to be about that straight person. But now again, like you look at something like Chucky and maybe it's different now. You can have gay characters that last and they're no longer the side men. I don't, I don't know, but that's how I always saw yeah. it. We were lumped in with every other, you know, minority gets killed. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, that's kind of how I always viewed it too. There was never, um, I mean, I think, with the exception of like Interview with the Vampire, maybe it was the yeah. I think that was probably mm -hmm. the only movie from that era, from the '90s and up until, like I said, I, I think I saw Days of Darkness where there was a gay character who survived the whole ordeal. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the uh, um, yeah, Interview with the Vampire was probably one of the ones where it's like oh here's a lasting relationship it's gonna go <laughs> forever um because they're vampires and they can't kill yeah. each other and i i do love the fact that they try <laughs> like <laughs> this would be a gay couple if you had to live with each other forever at some point but like you know what bitch fuck you i'm setting you on fire <laughs> like, i can't deal with your shit anymore um, well, i remember like on buffy the vampires like willow got into a you know she came out she had a wonderful yeah. relationship and then they killed her her well they at least they off, at least you know? they kept uh terror around for a couple of seasons they didn't kill her off yeah, in one that's season. true they, they, kept her, they, they yeah, did keep yeah. her around um I, I, I always kind of viewed it as because somebody asked me once about Family Guy was I bothered that Family Guy made fun of gay people so often and I said Family Guy makes fun of African-American people, Jewish yeah. people. It, it not, I mean, it, they make fun of everybody. I look at it as equal opportunity. I'm glad they're not excluding us. I'd rather them include it than exclude it because then it feels like they're just playing it safe and it's just like i don't get offended by every little thing i mean i just i just don't have it in me to do it 
Um, and again, maybe that comes with the experience of just being used to it not being predominant, that when it's there in some capacity, well, at least we're talking about it. At least it's sort of being addressed in some way. So, I mean, I was thinking about this while you guys were talking. I think for me, growing up, I didn't identify... I mean, there were a couple of male characters in horror movies that I liked and maybe in some way kind of identified with. But I'm more so identified with a lot of the females. Mm-hmm. Like El- um, Elvira is a really big one for me. Like as a mm-hmm. kid, like Mistress of the Dark was like, you know, she comes into the small Massachusetts town full of closed-minded, bigoted people. And then she's <laughs> like loud and obnoxious and just takes <laughs> over and... Um, her house hmm. is hmm. colorful and she's big and she's, you know, she's vibrant. And um, I think that was the first time I heard the word fabulous. And I was like, wow, <laughs> I'm using that word all the time. Um, and I, I fell in love with her. And now, you know, of course, recently finding out that Cassandra Peterson herself is a member of the community because she's always been such a huge supporter. Um, and then, hmm. you know, now she's she's come out with her long term partner. And I think that's phenomenal. Um yeah. She's a person that I, I genuinely love and I'm, I'm very glad to have as a part of our community. Um, but even someone like Ripley from Aliens or Alien, you know, that mm-hmm. was a character yeah. that strong female Barbara from the remake of Night of the Living Dead. I kind of was like, wow, these gals are great. I don't think I ever looked at a. Yeah, I don't well, care. yeah, we could do a whole episode on gay men identifying with the final girl. I mean, you yeah, I know, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I mean, just, like that's yeah. just, but that—that's what I feel like we—that was what we had. That those were our options because mm-hmm. they were, for lack of a better term, some of those final girls were more well off than the men were. I mean, Ripley especially, like you mm-hmm. know, oh yeah. yeah. Well, most horror, horror films, well, it's the women who, <laughs> right. I mean, yeah, most horror well, movies are, are female centric, aren't they? It's always a woman. Yeah. Well, it's a weird di- it's a, it's a weird dichotomy. There's they're female centric, yeah, but then often women get treated as grotesque yes, sex yeah. objects. So in yeah. terms of the hero, at the end, it's usually yeah, a woman. It's, it's right? a very it's usually a man, yeah. and yet the sexuality is such. I mean, this was a weird thing for me as a heterosexual growing up with, with horror, and that horror, because of the nature of it, would present sexuality in a way that wasn't necessarily all wholesome. Um, there was a way, you know, there was. A, a, like for example, and this is one that gets brought up a lot. Uh, one of everybody's favorite scenes of all time for horror, uh, you know, screen queens is Barbara Crampton in Reanimator. There's mm-hmm. a key yeah. scene that happens near the end she where she's strapped naked to a table, and you know, David Gale's head goes, you know, <laughs> does his thing, and it's like I, I've always been kind of curious. It's like this is a very erotic scene for some people, and yet this woman's being raped, basically. Yeah. And so there's mm-hmm. an odd, there's an odd sort of relationship between violence towards women and sexuality and horror that's not present necessarily in other genres. And so as mm-hmm. a heterosexual, it made me kind of conflicted at times. Like, should I be aroused sure. by this? Should I not be aroused by this? And I don't know if you would have had that same thing as a as a homosexual growing up at during that period, because no. that Mm-mm. that struggle didn't necessarily you unless you, you're not going to side with the male who's the aggressor in that situation. Right. So you're if you're siding more with the final girl who's having to go through this stuff, was that uneasy for you guys in a way too? I mean, no. I mean, because they were reanim- no. reanimator. There really wasn't a final girl. Reanimator was. Not really, no. I looked at it as, like, as ironically as it is, as Herbert West was kind of the hero of that movie, because he's mm-hmm. sort of the bad guy, too, but he's, like, the anti-hero, but, like, he's the yeah. main character. 
Um, and he is the one that, you know, yeah, and, and the doctor is sort of the villain of the whole oh, thing. Oh, very he's, much so, yeah. He's just, uh, you know, he's just a, a, a scientist trying to figure out how to create internal life and accidentally creates zombies instead. Um, so, I, I, yeah, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I don't think, because I, I, the sexualized aspect and how women were treated, because to me, like, Horror always seemed like an equal opportunity genre for me growing up because I wasn't looking at the sexualized aspect of it. As many men got killed as as many women. As, and, and, and to a certain extent, I always felt like the women had an edge because they were usually the ones that made it to the end, and most men didn't. It was more surprising. Like, yeah. Friday the 13th Part 6 for me was more surprising because Tommy Jarvis was kind of the hero, you know, well, the, where he... Yeah he makes it to the end and Pam's sort of a secondary character in that one but all the other most of the other ones it was the other way around not Pam um, oh wow we just did a show on this too Megan Megan was Megan. a secondary mm-hmm. character in part 6 yeah. Pam's in part well, 5 well the problem there has been research done I did a little research on it studying on it and you know, they've literally clocked you know uh, screen time and in all the slasher movies even if men and women get killed in equal numbers, the women's deaths are longer. They tend to be less fully closed. Mm-hmm. The way they're framed and the positions they're put in when they kill, they're more sexual. Like they'll get an right. axe in the face, you know. So there is a degradation to women that's more overt, and especially in the seventies and eighties slashers. Um, so even though it's a, so the final girl though usually is not. So she's not usually seen naked. She's yeah, not like shot Amy the Steele same way. Part yes, two, for example. Yeah, yeah. Not. they're not. Yeah. But but there is so but so it's it's like this parallel like on one hand you're getting these sort of strong women who aren't objectified but then there's a whole host of women in the same movie that are treated like booms and blood so as a kid it did bother me that's why I didn't like Friday Part Five I know you guys like it but it just seems well, sleazy if, and gross if, towards women I didn't like that well so, that's funny because that one yeah. was I mean that's why I love yeah. that Wolfie's just fine <laughs> video so much because it does capture the odd. I mean, you know, Debbie Suvor, he's naked in that field, really was a, yeah. a touchstone moment. If <laughs> yeah. you were 12, 13 years old, when that, holy shit. But then this is also a scene where she's brutally murdered. Mm-hmm. Brutally. So it's like, it's, yeah. And so it's just kind of like, again, as in the video, the kid doesn't know how to feel about this shit. It's both mm-hmm. arousal and fear and disgust. And, and it's just yeah. like, and I felt that a lot with, with a lot of the way, sure. the, you know, women were portrayed in a lot of the horror movies. It's like, Wow, this is uh, uh, there's a push pull thing going on, mm. and whereas I don't think with the homosexual community was was certainly catered to that way, or that their view into that was the same as ours. Well, yeah, because if I'm watching a woman naked, like my thought as a gay man is like, oh god, what did she feel like on set? And oh my god, she's because I'm not looking, I'm not turned on by it. So yeah. my mind and empathy goes to a different place. Where I guess oh yeah, and if I was, straight, I was like, oh, not that tits. enlightened yeah. back then. I was yeah. not, you know. Yeah. You know well, you got to look at uh, Friday the 13th Part 4. The director, yes. you know, he yeah. put the guy in the shower. Right. Just because yeah. of that, you know. Like yeah, but he doesn't show his butt. He's not, like, soaping up his crotch and, like, having to uh, yeah. right. do all this yeah. stuff. Yeah. Like, I mean, yeah, yeah. You, you, you look well, at um, it, it, Judy Aaron's you know, movie. Baby yeah, steps, Peter. Some. Baby steps. Yeah. You know, he, put him in a sh- he put him naked in the shower, so we got to see that. <laughs> he yeah, said but, he was I mean, tired but, of seeing all the women in the shower getting killed. He's wanting to put a boy in there. But there are no long, lingering shots running up his dick. Or anything no. like that. He's not being, like, yeah. And he's not, yeah, he's it's, not soaping up his dick on, man. I got a big one. You know, it's just yeah. like, you know, none of that stuff's going on. So it's well, yeah, like, I mean, because if you look at Judy Aaron's in that movie, the way her character, and she has to see her, but, you know, oh, she's exploited. Day. Yeah. Yeah. In a oh, way, yeah, there was a whole drop the soap. 
Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, that was a good question. Like, is the answer then just to exploit women, uh, men as much as women? Like, that's not the answer, right? It's like, oh, if women are being exploited, let's exploit men just as much, and that equals it out. Shouldn't you not exploit either? I yeah. say equal treatment. Let's exploit the hell out of them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there you go. I think yeah. now the playing field's a little more even. I, I don't think we're seeing mm-hmm. as much of that. I think people. Yeah. I think that the, the shtick is over. Like I think you know you throw it in there now and again, and it's it's like a fun throwback more than anything. And then, it, and mm-hmm. then it, but it's not as prominent. You know, like I don't see, I do see more movies, horror movies being made today. That I I do feel like there are filmmakers focused more on story and development versus yeah, um, just value. throwing blood and gore at the screen and tits and that's it. And you'll get people because it's not about selling tickets anymore. And also it's word of mouth is much easier to access through mm-hmm. social media. It's so much easier for someone to turn something off and move on. And if they're seeing the same thing they've already seen before and probably mm-hmm. better and something else they already enjoy, they're most likely going to tune out and go to that instead. You know, I mean, there's, there's a lot of horror mm-hmm. fans that there's a, a gamut of movies that are their go-tos There's something they're watching isn't hitting the mark they want they pop it, you know, their go-to and instead that they know is going to give them what they're looking for. So if you're, you know, if you're just wanting tits and ass, there's plenty of that around. I'm sure there's plenty of guys that think there's never enough, but I'm like, there's an entire industry that you can get as much of that as you want mm-hmm. and you can get it online for free. It's called porn. Well, the, yeah, that's the you big know? difference. We were kids, right, Richard? Because we're both old. Like, <laughs> it was exciting to see the Blue Lagoon because you couldn't see nudity anywhere. I know. I, yeah, like... I, I loved watching the adult channels that were scrambled and you could yeah. see scrambled tits. Yeah, because you could I mean, see it was just like, wow. I, you know, it's like, ooh, there's a titty. You know, you could... It yeah. was, we, we, had it, we had it rough yeah. back then, man. We had it rough, you we, guys. We, we yeah. you know... But it's that's what made it exciting. I know, it was it's like, a oh, forbidden fruit. Whoa. I would I would, I would set like my kids. alarm quietly mm-hmm. so I could get up at three mm-hmm. o'clock in the morning to go see what adult stuff was on on TV back yeah, in the day. On TV, we had that yeah. too. It's just yeah, like, oh man, TV. look at that! And it's like making sure yeah. that the volume was down. <laughs> I would even put a blanket over the TV so that the light would shine <laughs> yeah. into my parents' bedroom. <laughs> I mean, just to see a couple of shots of an ass or you know something like that. But I mean, now yeah. it's just like. You know, I want assholes yeah, with still... elbows in them. It's like, all right, was, yeah. you can call it up on your. But boy, it, and the it, things you know. that I thought we would discuss tonight, this is a rabbit hole I did not expect to go down. <laughs> assholes and elbows. that was a that was a Patton Oswalt reference, just for those of you listening. But, scrambled um, Cinemax porn. That's that. that oh was no, not I mean it's I, uh, it's, mm-hmm. it's all it's all what you yeah. experience when you're growing up during those key years. But um, I, uh, I, in terms of um, getting back to the idea of. How gay, you know, not only just gay representation movies, but actual healthy gay relationships in films. Certainly better now, I would have to think. Yeah. Than it was yeah, yeah absolutely. But then I watch something like Halloween Kills, <laughs> and I see oh Big John, Little John, oh and Lord. I'm like, this was someone's idea of a progressive couple, mm-hmm. but it's done in such a way that you're just like David Gordon Green. Cough. It's just like I don't. No, I felt like they missed the mark, but I can't be 100% because it's like, on the one hand, it's like, I don't think they're being unfair by having them killed because they're killing everybody else in the movie, but it, did they have to make them, I don't know, Was what was your take on that? I gotta Chris ask. got something to say. I do. I'm going to take a page from Peter's book. Um, you know how when he said earlier that the line, the dribble line from Scream, he realized it was written by a gay guy? 
mm-hmm. when I watched Halloween Kills and saw those, you're like, this was written by a straight guy. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This was written by somebody yeah. who thinks that this is how a gay couple behaves <laughs> and does their thing. When in all actuality, um, I'm not saying there aren't gay couples that behave like that. I mean, I'm sure there are. And that was mm-hmm. one of the things that I sort of pushed back a bit on, you know, and I have pushed back on, on stereo people being against stereotypes in the genre of certain characters. It's like, but people out there like this do exist and they do deserve that type of representation in some capacity. Would I like to see more average gay characters? Of course, you know, but at the same time, I'm not offended if that's what I'm, I'm given. Like I said, in my mindset, it's something and it's better than the nothing we had or the subtext that we had to deal with and try to figure it out to decide if this was what they were trying to do or not. It's there and it's in your face and it's, undeniably what it is you know and I, I think mm-hmm. in that respect I was okay with it but also like god I wish this guy had a couple of gay friends he could have talked to <laughs> what's well, exactly like I thought it was it wasn't offensive to it's like it's well-meaning I know you know he means well but yeah it was clearly someone who has no like I don't know how to explain it but those two guys and would just never be together yeah. like it also yeah, didn't help it, that they made it, their decisions in the movie even dumber than most of the other people's. Oh my god, yeah, it was awful. Like, it didn't make any yeah, sense. Yeah, it was yeah. just like, okay, Ugh. everyone in this movie is pretty damn stupid, but these guys are beyond dumb. He grabs, like, what's a yeah. cheese knife or something? Yeah, <laughs> and it's just like, hey, we know someone's in the house, let's split up. I mean, oh, yeah. for Christ's mm-hmm. sake. Well, then he finds him in front of the window. Michael Myers is standing in his window. He's like, you're home, Michael. And he yeah. just stands there and let him Whereas let him any normal him. person, okay. I don't give a damn if you're straight. Yes. It's like, fuck you, and runs. And just like yeah. hurls mm-hmm. yourself out the window. Broken legs or not, I'm out of here. Yeah. You know, yeah, I remember it, watching that for the first time going, and I have to admit, I went, I wonder how my gay friends are going to feel about these two. <laughs> because cause I honestly, it's like, I, I don't think this is a good representation, but I don't think it's meant in a bad yeah. way. I just yeah, no, yeah it's, it's the, the you know, good intention was there and that's well, how I look. Yeah. I mean the movie's awful. I don't want to mince words on that. I yeah. fucking no, hated it that sucks. movie. Um, but I think <laughs> the in, the intentions of of well being were there, and for that I'm okay with it not being a great representation. Mm-hmm, exactly. I just hope that if they want to do it again, that they've learned from their mistakes. Because if they do it a second time, that shit's on purpose, and now I'm pissed. <laughs> Yeah, so. I almost wanted to go up to him. Maybe and go, Michael Myers will come out of the closet at the end and be gay. Be I awesome. kind of wanted to, you know, part of how I felt about that overall was just like, oh, you tried. Yeah. Just uh, do, yeah, do better exactly. next time. A, a for effort. Yeah. A yeah, for effort. Yeah. So we're talking about a lot of movies here, but there's one that I feel like, again, this is kind of elephant in the room deal, and I'm actually surprised that it's, 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 it hasn't come up yet. Uh, the Lost Boys. Oh, sure. Uh. I mean, come on. I didn't see this. Yeah, I still don't really see this gay. That that seems like you know what the weird the weird thing is. Yeah, I'm with Peter. I've never. I think I'm old enough now to recognize the sort of the gay t- subtext in any kind of movie. Yeah, you know, because I've seen enough movies and I know enough people have had enough life experience. Lost Boys, it's almost so in your face that it's not there. I mean, I don't know what I mean. It's the subtext of the vampire. And the community and the, the casting choices and the fashion and, you know, the fact that it's Joel Schumacher directing it. I, I don't know. But it's not like Batman and Robin. No, it's not no, good. no, it's, no, yeah. it's not. Well, no. I'm more talking about... It's about the Corey uh, Haim character, right? That's what you're talking about. I was going to say, like, yeah, Corey yeah. Haim having that, Rob that. Lowe half-naked on his wall. Like, that yeah. to me. I was like, Yeah, that's the... Hey! That, 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 that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's... Yeah, that seems... <laughs> 
But again, it, it, come, it comes get, down like, to that, yeah. that a- angle. The vampire is just not giving a shit about sexuality. It's like, I'm however thousand. But see, but he's not even a vampire. Corey Haim's not no, even a vampire. No, I'm talking about like in the movie. Like, that, like the vampires yeah. are very oh, like, yeah. I mean, it's four guys. But they don't, they're not with each other though, right? Yeah, still, I never got very that. Straight. I never really it's, got that. No, yeah, it's man, I mean, they're stars, they're not, the hot chick they all want. No, I don't think they all want her because they don't even really touch her. They just kind of hang out with her. She's sort of like the beard, you know, like. That's the beard. Kinda, well, I, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what's interesting? I guess I always saw that movie as like, it's, you know, there's that whole thing where men to get straight men together, uh, like frats and stuff like that, fraternities. It seemed more like initiation rituals for straight guys to get together and uh, than it is about gay. Um, they, like, there's a, th- like, the accused is, a, there's a, and not to get too dark, but not that this is the Lost Boys, but. There's a phenomenon where, like, a lot of times rape happen in groups because a man will get egged on by other men and they will mm-hmm. do things together they wouldn't do separately. Right. And so to me, it all seemed more like a straight, very, Lost Boy seems very straight to me, like Jason Patrick. None of those guys, Keith Sutherland, have a gay vibe at all to me. Mm-hmm. So it just seemed, and, you know, yeah, they're all very hetero. It's really just a Corey Haim character. And then he wears that weird long shirt that looks like a dress yeah. in that one scene. Like, what the fuck well, was that? Well, I think that? The, yeah. the, va- the vampire subtext for a lot of folks was the... Um, it was, you know, the very over-stylized look that they had. Um, mm. I, I think it was one of them, uh, the the, uh, the Alex Winter vampire character, his jacket's very colorful. The blood also mm. had glitter in it, which yeah, was it one of those things yeah. where it was like, hmm. I mean, it was, it, it, it's not <laughs> in your face necessarily, but I think a lot of people made associations with those characters in some way just, being non-sexual overall, but in some way having the subtext of, of a gay subtext, because, you know, there's even that, um, there's even that scene where the Corey Feldman and his brother, the frog brothers, they come across the blonde vampire who looks like twisted sister. And he's like, you killed Marco. (laughs) And they're like, you know, and it's just like, he's upset. Like they're, I don't know. It's like, he's upset that his friend's dead, but maybe they were closer than friends. Who the fuck knows? Like it's a, it's not implied hmm. at all or suggested, but there's a lot of people who have taken those four vampires and taken hmm. it as they're taking Jason Patrick and bringing them into their circle of, you know, whatever it is they are, like they're converting him, you know, like hmm. it's it, again, and it's against hmm. his will and he's trying to fight who he is and what he's supposed to be and what he could be. And, um, there's a mm. lot, but I, I always say this to people, yeah. people mm-hmm. read into things a lot and they interpret what they sure. want to interpret and I, yeah, yeah. I they can make sense out of it in any way but this is stuff that I've heard but I'm kind of hmm. in a way I'm sort of with you guys Dang. and I never looked at Lost Boys as a gay horror movie but Corey mm. Haynes so straight. was definitely like yes. yeah he's he's definitely playing on our side of the fence just hasn't told anybody yet um, but see, I don't know because I always yeah. felt like that was Joe Schumacher, but Corey Haim doesn't seem in on that at no, all. No, no, like, he's, no. He's also a, a young kid, kid in that movie too. So right. Just, yeah. So well, that movie, yeah, I've never perceived that movie as a sexual movie really on either side. Yeah. For some yeah. reason, it's weird. That one it seems almost mm. asexual to me at times than it does yeah. anything else. Like, but 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 what's interesting is that same year. Uh, one of the best vampire movies ever. In fact, my favorite of all time is Near Dark. And there's yeah. some very odd homosexual, not odd in terms of being bad, but odd in terms of the unspoken nature of those vampires because like the bar scene. When Severin goes up to the one guy and starts teasing him yeah. and taking his sunglasses, it's almost a seduction. 
you yeah. know, he puts his arms around him and says, you know what I said to your mama? And, and then he, yeah. he goes to buy his, I hate it when they ain't been shaved. But there's a sexual element to that that's very, yeah. very apparent. And yet it's just sort of there, tossed off, because these guys probably became ambisexual a long time ago. Right. But the movie doesn't feel the need to, you know, throw it necessarily in your face or just talk about it. It's just presented to you. And yeah. I, I find that... That has much more nuance in it than anything like the Lost Boys does in that in that department. I think. Actually, the only gay moment in the Lost Boys for me is Edward Herman at the end, <laughs> when he becomes a vampire. He's suddenly becomes very gay to me. Well, I I can't stand the Lost Boys just because of the. It's the one thing I never liked about this town was all the damn vampires. Because I want one more scene where they beat the shit out of Grandpa yeah. <laughs> right, for not right. telling him about this. Shit. Right. That, that frustrated the fuck. I mean, it's like you old motherfucker. You could have saved us a whole lot. Of trouble, right? <laughs> you know? right. Um, the uh, the funny thing about Lost Boys and Near Dark is, that, of course, they are um, they're constantly compared because they yeah. both came out the same year. They have similar yeah. storylines of an outsider coming into a vampire family of sorts. Uh, but this is the thing that I've always said because people always ask which one is a better movie um, on a lot of mess, you know, forums and Facebook and what have you, and. Um, I said this the other day and I, I kind of like put my thoughts I really wanted to like put my thoughts in on this and like say, okay, this is why I truly think that this one's a better movie. Um, Lost Boys, all of the characters in that movie were given their costumes by a costume designer. Everybody mm -hmm. in that movie was designed <laughs> yeah. to look a certain way and be a certain way. And they sort of became those characters when they put on their costumes in Near Dark, those actors made their costumes. Mm -hmm. They came and did their thing. They, you know, um, yeah. Jeanette Goldstein. Anderson Witch hitchhiking as yeah, his character. Yeah, and he, he, he sewed the, mm -hmm. the Confederate flag into his jacket. Jeanette Goldstein dyed her hair with peroxide. Like, these people became <laughs> their characters. So that's the caliber mm -hmm. of storytelling and acting that Near Dark has that Lost Boys just does not. Lost Boys uh, is a very agree. stylistic, oh, yeah. Yeah, very it's a pretty movie. Yeah. Yeah. It's wonderfully shot. It's It's got some great visuals, some great effects, and some great set pieces. But when it's over, a lot of it disappears. You watch Near Dark, mm -hmm. and that movie sticks with you long after the credits are over. There are there are more than a handful of specific characters. There's set a pieces, there's a lived in there's a dialogue. lived in quality of that movie. Yeah, you feel it's like phenomenal. these guys. You don't need a lot of backstory with them because you feel like these guys have been out there a long yeah. time. And you, but you get a lot of it from just casual just little hints. exchanges. Yeah. You know, hey, remember that fire we started in Chicago? Exactly. You know, <laughs> Homer, like that. Yeah. Homer having that line, do you have an idea what it's like to be a big person in a little person's body? Do you have any idea what it's like to hear about it every night? It's like, boy, this guy's been complaining about this probably for 50 years, and this fucker's had to hear it ever since. You know, yeah. like, it's, it's, it's crazy. And a, yeah, you know? and that's another film where, like, the sexuality of the vampire thing is downplayed, except for the lead romance to some degree. Because it's but new. Like, even... Yeah, but like even the religious iconography that's usually prevalent in like in, yeah. in vampire movies, crosses and stuff like that, hardly anything like that in Near Dark. There's very yeah. very little of it present at all. Mm -hmm. So it's played much more as a. It's almost like the Grapes of Wrath meets the vampire movie. You yeah. know, it's just these guys traveling around trying to survive, and they've been doing it for hundreds of years. And relationships are fluid. They're whatever the hell they, they can accomplish on the road. And every now and then they take in a new member. And it's not about we need a girl or we need a boy. We just need somebody. You right. know? And, it's, yeah. I, and that's a film where you can read into it or just take it at face value. And I yeah. like films where you don't. Yeah. If I'm into reading shit into that movie, that's great. If not, I can just sit back and enjoy the fuck out of it. 
Right. And you know, for me, the the loss, the biggest problem with Lost Boys for me is like I know, I think right retro. You're not as huge of an American Werewolf in London fan, no, but um, the thing about that movie though is I feel like the humor in that movie doesn't undercut the scares. In fact, it actually makes. Like the beginning when they're on the moors. It's a good mix. It's a good, yeah. yeah, their laughter makes yeah. you more nervous and anxious, whereas Lost Boys is just goofy and it under, it makes it yeah. silly. Yeah, I, I, it, it's hard for me to get into the drama because it's it, it's an you know the Frog Brothers stuff kind of takes away yeah. from that. Um, and that's fine. I mean, it's still I, I don't want to keep knocking the Lost Boys. Oh and, no, uh, no, it's it's but, it's it's, 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 it's a, I call it a fun fluff movie. It's great to put on yeah. with a group of people and have a great time with it. But like I said, it's kind of like bubble gum. You, you chew yeah. it for a little bit, mm-hmm. the flavor goes yeah. away after a while. It's not really sustainable, but it it fills a need for a short period of time that you can just go and have a good time with it. And the other thing that if we're gonna you know with Lost Boys that you know. Greased up sax guy. I mean, come on. Like yeah, that's, yeah. Come on. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's sometimes isn't it weird? I mean, here's oh, this is a good, this is a gush I should definitely ask you, and this would go to everybody here. A film that, like for for, for heterosexuals, a film that was so clearly aimed at the heterosexual crowd, yet somehow managed to be completely unsexy. And then there's gay films that are so clearly meant to be gay, and yet aren't as gay as films that were maybe unintentionally so. Like my choice for like was clearly meant to be one of the most heterosexual films ever fucking put to film was showgirls and yeah it is for me i mean showgirls is one of the most beautifully filmed movies of all time as far as the female body is concerned i mean it's it's just a non-stop display of incredibly erotic footage and beautiful women left right and center and yet that movie is about as erotic to me as a trash Mm -hmm. can I have never yeah, once got even close to being aroused by it. I don't know what it is. There's nothing about that movie. It's true. I remember sitting in the theater going, this is, they're, they're going to be making, they're going to be doing college courses about this shit because yeah. this is the most unerotic, erotic movie I've ever seen in my life. And yet, there've got to be conversely films that were clearly gay intended that are just like, no, nah, you didn't even come close to half as much as Nightmare 2. You know, like Can't Stop the Music. <laughs> Gay movie, but I can think of gayer films than that. What Chris is looking. <laughs> I can't think of any. I can't. I can't think. Because for me, a lot of movies that are that I've watched that were meant for a gay audience were made by gay people who wanted to make a movie for the gay audience. That's why they did it in the first place. And I don't. Mm-hmm. Well, you could argue Rocky Horror became more straight than they intended like it's been yeah. so embraced by straight, it has. It, straight yeah, yeah. like families see it now that it's less gay than yeah. it certainly it certainly yeah. found its way into the mainstream audiences <laughs> i mean they remade it on fox tv for crying out loud yeah, it, it, exactly. it definitely, but also too that version is yeah. considerably watered down compared to the uh yeah okay original I they cha- i remember when they changed it uh they did a glee version of rocky horror because my mother was a fan of glee um, it wasn't transsexual from Transylvania. It was like a transsensual or something like that. Like they changed mm, the lyrics Jesus. so that it wasn't sexual anymore. It was something else. And it wasn't, I don't know. Because God forbid you thing. say the word sexual. I, you know, yeah. Well, I also think yeah. too, and, and it, that was probably, a, um, I mean, this, I mean, again, this was a, a fairly progressive show that got away with a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think, and I'm not going to go on a tangent about Glee on a, on a horror podcast, but there is a certain, uh, there are episodes of that show that tackled some very heavy topics that other shows mm-hmm. didn't want to touch. Um, mm-hmm. School shootings was one of them. That was oh, a yeah, very no, intense episode. And 
uh, you know, specifically on this topic, one of the kids is bullied by a closeted gay guy who ha- who's on the football team, and the other kid's really small, and he threatens to kill him, and then he actually tries to kill himself when he's outed. It's a yeah. very heavy topic that, you know, even, I-, I think even now, a lot of people would be nervous about skating around. Um, so, I mean, you know, I give the show credit for that. Um, also, too, I remember they did an episode with the football players dressed up as zombies and Tom Matthews on Facebook was thrilled because they were chanting for brains. And that meant that they <laughs> obviously had were referencing return of the living dead on an, on a national televised show. Um, you know, and that's, you know, that's, that's, that's always fun. Well, actually a good example was the hunting remake where like, you know, they were so like patting themselves on the back. Oh, she's bisexual. And right. She's open and overt. And, and it seems less gay and authentic than the original. Yeah. yeah. She was a lesbian because she said For she sure. was, you know. But yeah, exactly. Right. It's just yeah, like, it didn't feel real at all. Yeah, no. Was just there like, was always no. a lot of conversations too about Vincent Price um, and his, a lot of his overly mm-hmm. flamboyant characters, like about you know, some of them um, are very, um, just, just you know, very over the top and very out there. Um, you know, the uh, Theater of Blood, uh, the actor oh, God, that I plays love in that, you know, um, or even like Comedy of Terrors, you know. I mean, just has zero interest in his rather attractive wife who, you know, yeah, she can't sing to, you know, carry a tune to save her life, but she's still a bombshell of a woman, you know, and he's just like, I want to kill her and her, you know, her father and take their money and run away. Um, So, yeah, so that, you know. Actually, an example I would use would be actually Interview with a Vampire because I feel like the book is, there was a lot of controversy when it came out, but Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise especially, Tom Cruise does not seem comfortable with the, so he's like trying to act and say, oh, I'm doing this gay role, but he doesn't, it never felt real to me. It feels forced. So that movie is like trying to be really gay and progressive and it feels like straight people make, trying to make but that movie, movie treated the subject with kid gloves. You know, yeah, and I, yeah. I, 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 I like that movie, but it's yeah, one of those films I where too. I sat back and go, it's like, yeah, yeah. this needed an edgier approach. Yeah. To I, I, you know, and I love Neil Jordan. Tom I think Cruise. he's a terrific director, but yeah, it was just, and also Cruz was an odd choice. Yeah, yeah. He so, gives it his all. I'll give him. I'll give him full credit. He goes all the way. Well, he does. He does not hold back. He gives it. He gives that everything he's got. But he was an odd choice. But it's still the fake safe version of like he doesn't really let himself be. I think that's the like, nature of the film, though. Like, I don't think that's him. Yeah. I think that's I don't know how that film was conceived because mm. it was 1994. Well, he's a Scientologist, and so well, they don't like you know, gay people. So uh, it's hard to. I don't know. Sorry. They're gonna come get me. Sorry. Peter's feed just disappears. Uh oh. Yeah. <laughs> they heard you. Know. I think if they um, if that movie was made today, it'd come off. It'd come mm. off. Better. Oh, very different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no question about well, it. But it, yeah. it it is being made as a I think it's a TV miniseries show. or something. I think or? it's a miniseries, something like that. Okay. Yeah. Um. So I'll be curious to see how they tackle it. But I, I'm gonna be the odd man out. I I think that movie is very gay. Um, and I actually I avoided that movie for a very long time because I can't stand Tom Cruise and I, I norm and mm-hmm. I, I could take or leave Brad Pitt. <laughs> Me too. So for a really really long period of time, I was like, I have no interest in this, and I can't even tell you how I first saw it. I just remember seeing it going, Oh my God, I've been denied something like this my whole life. What the fuck was I on? <laughs> because I I really I thought like this is the best I've ever seen Tom Cruise act because he's not being Tom Cruise, he kind of became this character in a way. And, um, you know, and I was just like, okay, this is probably the one role of his that I will champion because it's the one where I actually feel like he showed up and acted and didn't just come to be Tom Cruise. And, 
you know, mug for the camera and take his clothes off. Like, I, I think there's one point where, like, his shirt's, like, slightly <laughs> unbuttoned, and that's the most skin you see of him. But, um, you know, I, I just, I always, the other one was, like, War of the Worlds, where I feel like he actually, like, came in to act and do, do a movie. But, um, Interview with the Vampire. That is early stuff. I think Interview with the Vampire, like, I got to agree with Felcher, so I think it was the time frame that movie was made. They probably subdued a lot of what was supposed to be they, there. They weren't but, ready to go all the yeah. way with that. But yeah. realistically, yeah. when you watch that movie, it's a gay couple adopting a, a daughter. Oh, yeah. And then giving her lavish, beautiful things. You know, like, it's giving her, you know, the best life they can. And it's just like, oh, okay, that's what this is. And then, again, one of them gets... It's your fantasy, Gibbs. Yeah. You know, gets tired of the other and sets them on fire. So, okay. <laughs> Peter takes some notes. <laughs> well, I remember... Gibbs, that's your fantasy. Two gay guys, you know, adopt you and buy you gifts. Well, it's, well, there you go. Well, there you go. <laughs> well, please register all your complaints to Gibbs. And, yes, and but Peter yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I, you know, the funny thing about that movie was, was, was I remember so much controversy about Tom Cruise. It's like, is he going to be, because, you know, a character is supposed to be, you know, ambisexual and there's all this sort of thing. And Anne Rice had always wanted, it's like Blade Runner era Rutger Hauer, mm-hmm. which would have been Interesting. incredible. Yeah. Because there's a guy who could yeah. easily project mm-hmm. the, 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 the bisexual heat without even doing much of anything. Whereas Cruise, I, I don't I don't know if that just was within him or not, mm. but I give him full credit yeah. for doing as much as he could. I mean, you clearly see he's committed in that performance. Of and course, so I admire yeah. it. I yeah. just it's just like he's just it's an odd choice. It was an odd yeah. choice. I would love to see Paul Verhoeven direct interview. With oh, him. I would like Rucker to see Paul Verhoeven direct anything. Something. So yeah. <laughs> it's just like actually another one. Since you brought Rucker Howard, The Hitcher is another one that a lot of people have said. There is a, yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah, no, absolutely. Sure. There's yeah. That's one of my favorite movies ever. Yeah. And that was another one where I didn't see it at all when I first saw it. Yeah. And then the second time in later yeah. years, I was like, oh, boy, there's uh, there's gay subtext fucking everywhere in this thing. But it's, I, again, it's there if you want it or it's not right. there if you don't. You know? I positively am so unbelievably excited that Second Sight found the negative for that and is giving it a 4K treatment because... Oh, it's a beautiful film. It's an incredible movie. When I heard they were doing it, I was excited. They're like, yeah, we can't find the negative, so it's going to be the same film transfer. We're going to clean it up. I was like, no, come on. It's going to be somewhere. This belongs to a studio. Find the fucking thing. And they're like, oh, we actually found it, so now we're starting over. Thank you. It's going to look... And that's such a beautifully shot movie. I know, and all we've had in the U.S. is a fucking DVD from 1998 taken from a laser disc that was was released in 1990. It was a flipper. It was it was it was a uh, a snapper case. Yeah, yeah. non anamorphic. Looks yeah. like shit. Yeah. I'm just oh, oh my god! Really? It's like no one. Yeah. I feel like there are a lot of people that still have never seen The Hitcher because of oh, that they, DVD just looking so shitty. I have been lucky. There's a lot of these movies I got to see on film. And I saw the Hitcher at a at a, a midnight screening, and it was like, oh my god, this movie is gorgeous. The way that fucking Rucker Howard just looks into the camera sometimes, or mm-hmm. stares at C. Thomas Howell, you're just like, even I, and I'm like, I'm not gay, but fuck, <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, I gotta tell you, if it happened, I don't think I'd hate this. <laughs> you know, it's like I gotta be uh, honest. There, even as it, you know, there are times I will say it's like. That's a pretty man. <laughs> That's a pretty, pretty man. <laughs> There's that part in the, in the end where he's got the girl tied to the truck and he's oh, got yeah, his yeah. foot on the on the brake and he's he just looks straight ahead and smirks and tilts his head yeah. like this and then he just drives forward and I'm like, oh! You don't see it happen, but you no, hear it and you people, just go... People, 
there were reviews of that movie that I remember came out saying it's disgusting and the scene where they tear the girl in half and it's all this violence is like mm-hmm. You never see anything. Yeah, you didn't. Yeah, yeah, you thought you, you thought you did. So disturbing. That's one of those. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so anyway, Peter, we, can, is, we get off on a tangent on that. This yeah. is a question I have for it's you just, because Redshirt just brought up something that I I actually had a conversation with some friends with the other day. Is there a character you saw, a female character you saw in a horror film that made you go, "I'd switch maybe. teams for a night"? No, mm. I'm a gold star gay. Never had that moment or thought mine is regina. I'm, I'm not kidding mine is regina from fright night part two. Oh, oh she's pretty yeah i, I mean, would i would i would jump ship for that woman wow i see a lot of beautiful women in movies but i just there's just something about her in that performance and <laughs> that character yeah it's yeah. just it's it's i love her voice in that. her voice the way she so. moves the outfit she's wearing the dance scene i'm like Yep, yeah. I would, I would, I would, I would, I would, I would take one for the team for the night just to right. see what it was like. I want, you know, I mean, you know, but that's my. Uh... Hey, Kevin, what about you? Yeah, yeah well, I want to reverse it. What are you about you two? Do you guys have any guys? You've well, I think I'm Blade Runner era <laughs> Rucker Howard for me. Okay, there you go. Oh no, go. <laughs> fuck yeah, I would, oh, no. I would. I mean, there's, I mean, honestly, there's probably several that I've been like, you know, I, I gotta say, yeah. if the, yeah, maybe. You know, it wouldn't be yeah. the worst thing in the world. And honestly, sometimes you're just like, you're into whatever that vibe is that they're throwing down, you know. Yeah. Um, but um, but no, most of the time it's it's just like I can acknowledge how handsome or, you know, attractive a person is without sure, there sure. being a sexual that. But I got to say, now that you bring it up, Rucker Howard and the Hitcher, it's like, I don't know. I don't want you to kill me, but if you want to fuck me instead, all right. <laughs> it's like, you know, wow. it's like, if, that's the cho- if that's the choice I got, mm. you know, I got to tell you. I mean, uh, ain't, ain't much of one, <laughs> you know. Holy shit! I'm not saying that's what his agenda was, but you know, mm-hmm. when you're presented Kevin. with when you're presented with some mm-hmm. choices, mm-hmm. some outside the box choices, yeah, you know. Kevin, help! <laughs> Top Let's let Kevin. him keep going. Yeah. <laughs> oh fuck it! I don't have any problems saying it. You, what, what about you, Kevin? Anybody, uh, has ever been a ever been a, man, a real pretty man? Uh, I'm a I'm about like like Peters. Yeah. Oh, you're a gold star hetero. Yeah. <laughs> Is that a thing? Oh, fuck. No, I wish. Fuck you, yeah. Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I picture like Kevin having a crush on Patrick Swayze in Roadhouse for some. Whoa! Some kind oh, like now that. that oh, no, Roadhouse <laughs> is a whole other podcast. Yes, that's that is the without a doubt the most heterosexual and homosexual movie ever made at the same in the same film. I I've never fucking, seen. I adore that movie. I love that movie. So it's a good movie. I, I yeah. really do. I just I can't get it. I've seen it like a dozen times in the last year, and I just can't get enough of it. That's a movie that screams man, and but at the same time, it's like, wow, it's gay though. <laughs> I do think that Patrick Swayze at one point had a stipulation in the contract that there's a sex scene you got to play uh, "Cry to Me." Oh yeah, he did it in Dirty yeah. Dancing and in Roadhouse. So I'm like, actually, I was watching it with a friend who had who had never seen Roadhouse, but she had seen Dirty Dancing, and she's like, no, this is the wrong song. This doesn't work for these two. They have no chemistry. She was pissed. I just, I just tell you, every time a character has their shirt off, it's like the they got the the order. It's like the Simpsons thing. It's like, 
Lunch lady Doris, you got any grease? Then grease me up, woman! Because they've got every character that takes their shirt off is just greased up for no reason whatsoever. And it's like, this is... I Wow. This one, they're going to be making college courses about this movie, too. Yeah. You know, it's and Family like, Guy yeah. jokes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Roadhouse. Roadhouse. But, you know... I, I, what I sort of hope for, and I, I'm seeing, and Peter, you can agree, disagree, I'm not sure, but um, is that the idea and the concept of um, queerness and homosexuality and horror, it becomes the norm just as much as anything else is. Um, and I do see that there's a progression of that happening, um, you know, again, with the Chucky TV. The Chucky TV series, and we briefly touched on it, but I, it really deserves a lot of credit for giving us a gay, not only several gay characters that are predominant mm-hmm. and and are strong and are you know the leads. They're not side characters. They're the main focus, um, and they really. I mean, it was funny. I remember somebody commenting the commenting on the thing, and I think this is when I actively engaged in because Chucky says something to the effect of, um, "My son, I've got a gender fluid kid, and he doesn't he doesn't care that the character is gay." And he goes, "Well, I'm not a monster, Jake." It's like, okay, so what I'm understanding <laughs> is that a psycho that a psychopathic, demonically possessed doll has more tolerance than you do. Yeah. Um, it's <laughs> yeah. pretty fucking sad. But anyway, yeah. but yeah, that's what I'm kind of hoping is that the rest of the world starts to take on the mentality of uh, Chucky minus the uh, whole homicidal angle. But um, yeah. you know, there's. I see it. I see it yeah. happening. Oh, absolutely. I do yeah. too. Mm-hmm. And I, and I mm-hmm. want to hope it gets viewed as less of an agenda than just representation. Yeah. You know, just being no, there. I remember the, mm-hmm. the homosexual agenda. It's like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I don't even well, know what if, that is. If you guys want to... We all get together and have meetings. Yeah, I was, yeah, was going to yes, say, I can do. share it with the straight crowd if you want. It's a <laughs> yeah, very right. lovely book. We have a PowerPoint. Yeah, right? and it just says, be gay, you know, on, you know, yeah. on a lot of pages. and. <laughs> Don't hurt us because we're gay, please. Right. You know, that's... Uh, well, this doesn't sound maybe bad. I don't know. Um, I don't know how to put it. Because uh, I feel like, you know, growing up, everything was subtext. You, you had no representation or negative representation. Now I feel like the pendulum maybe swung so far where sometimes it feels forced to me. Like, you know, oh, we have a gay character and patting themselves on the back. So I'm hoping it swings a little bit to the middle where it's just so natural that it's not even something to be congratulated it's just it's there just is there a lot of everywhere. virtue like signaling Chucky's, going yeah. on right now yeah. with that yeah, yeah so is, yeah. a little less like, the more overt it is it becomes a little dull but what i'm heartened again like chucky and there's this cute show on netflix called Heartstoppers. we're starting to see like gay coming of age films where it's just a normal like kids now that are six seven eight know they're gay and yeah. you know i'd love to see like a gay stand by me where the kids were you know a couple of kids are just gay yeah. and go on you know what i mean that kind of stuff we're starting like a monster squad with a gay kid that i think that's the cool thing is it's it's just People feel safe now. They can they can even show you know young characters being gay and yeah. and it's not traumatic or anything. It's just so oh, yeah, I'm gay. Yeah, I think we're I think we're getting so. to that point where it's just going to be somewhere because you're right. There is a bit of a patting yourself on the back thing. When yeah, they have a gay it's a character little... in the film or the series or okay. Now we've covered the bases. We can move on, right? Like we're mm-hmm. inclusive now. Yeah. Um, but in the same token, I feel like that that um, you know that progression is still progress so mm-hmm. um yeah, I, I think it needs absolutely. to swing to an extreme to mm-hmm. become normal exactly mm-hmm. at some point you know what i mean mm-hmm. and that's kind of what they're doing and how they're handling it and maybe in a few years hopefully longer than that you know shorter than that we'll 
see that it's mm-hmm. just not coming out isn't even a thing i don't even want to give credit to this movie for anything but the newest medea movie there's a character in the movie that's gay <laughs> and he's struggling to tell his family when he finally does they're all they're all like we knew is this yeah. your big announcement yeah. we all knew what, what, what what's the big deal <laughs> and i'm just like oh my god tyler perry Surprise! Didn't expect this because the rest of the movie is fucking terrible. But mm-hmm. I would recommend anyone watching this scene only, and then maybe the beginning because the beginning has a really funny joke. But that's about it. Um, and yeah, I thought that was great, and I hope that's the normalization we're going to start to see with yeah, audiences. Yeah, that would be nice to see. Their mm-hmm. reaction is going to be what those what the reaction of the movie was. We already well, I knew li- we don't care. I like it when I see mm-hmm. you know characters of you know whether it's black or any minority presented in a movie. And it's just who they are. And the movie doesn't necessarily go out of its way to make a, a big deal of it because it wouldn't normally do that anyway. Yeah. Um, you know, it's just like, mm-hmm. it's not just like, hey, look, we have gay characters. It's more like, yeah, they're gay. We've so got what? characters. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If we've got characters, one of them happens to be gay, but it's not going to be any more about their sexuality than if they were heterosexuality, heterosexual mm-hmm. either. You know, it's, it's less about, again, it's less about saying, hey, look at how bold we are than just mm-hmm. well you know and, well, and give yeah. me more i think it's really important is to give more certainly more opportunities and more uh support to gay or or, or bisexual or transgender directors and writers yeah. who can tell their own stories and get there because that's the one thing i need to uh, people to understand these people these you know minorities whoever they are lgbtq whatever it's them getting opportunities to tell their stories does not use up the quota of available stories to tell out there. Mm-hmm. It's just mm-hmm. another story added to the mix. They're not taking away opportunities from anybody else. They're just getting the opportunity to also present their voices and their stories into a genre that they love. Yeah. Nothing. That's what what could possibly be bad about that. Yeah. You know, there's no. I don't see mm-hmm. the fear. I don't understand it. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah. Unless Peter Brackey wrote it, because that's a problem. I, you know, he's just yeah. He's really, <laughs> Doesn't throw that yeah. shit in the trash. He's, he's crawled so far up his own ass, it's just become a real problem. And I, you know, it's just like my guy. Ever since he wrote Crystal Lake Memories, mm-hmm. oh, you can only mm-hmm. call me the. I, we have to refer to him as, hey, it's Peter Brackey, the author of Crystal Lake Memories. You know, we yeah. act, we can't even just. It's like Sir Peter or something. It's like. Yeah. It's just because, I mean, the only thing worse than Crystal Lake Memories is an extra me by Redshirt Pictures. Oh right? well. No, <laughs> that's hurtful and mean snap that's hurtful and mean oh, and I, I don't need to I'm take sorry. this crap wow <laughs> he went there <laughs> Kevin I'm glad you and I aren't in this mix because just because uh, I can dish it out doesn't mean that I can take it Peter take just it. on a side note I did see like two or three copies of Crystal Lake Memories this weekend people carrying them around getting them oh I bet yeah. yeah oh yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. And they was even yeah, selling them in, they was even selling them in the gift shop at the lake so. Really? Were they? Yeah. <laughs> we should say, right, Kevin? You, you went to the, you went to uh, Hope, New Jersey. Is that where? Uh, Hardwick, New Jersey. The, yeah, I went to the Crystal Lake right, Camp Tour. It's pretty exciting. Cool. I recommend it to anybody. Yeah, yeah Peter, you're, you're, it's always fun to go to a convention or something that's heavily Friday the Thirteenth centric. Crystal Lake Memories books are everywhere. It's crazy, and it's like, and it's you can really tell crazy. how long people have been carrying them around because the covers are all uh, worn off, and there's autographs mm-hmm. all over it, and it's just like this battered thing that people keep bringing around. <laughs> yeah, and their it's Bible. Like, it's really. Oh insane. yeah, it's just like here, mm-hmm. sign this if you can find room. <laughs> I made a point to tell each and every one of them about about the podcast. <laughs> oh good. Oh great. 
Hey, I know the guy who wrote that, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> who, David Grove? Oh! Oh, no. wow. Here we go again. All right. All right. Let's wrap this up, folks. Edit. <laughs> That's sort of like our, our, our Who Killed Kenny joke, right? Yeah, pretty like, much. Seth, like, every week. Every episode. You know, was they kill? Oh, my you God. Bastard. They killed Kenny. He's, yeah, he's going to hear it one day, I bet you. One of these days, and I'm going to get a nasty message. What's, like, what the fuck? Is, why <laughs> no, does my name keep getting brought up? No, so I don't good. have... We're just... We're just, just fuck. I, have, I have his book. I have the book. Of <laughs> course. <laughs> right. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, that brings to the close. Episode 6 of the Spooky Picture Show. I want to thank you all so much for listening. My name again is Michael Felsher. And I'm Chris McGibbon. And I'm Kevin Ellis. And I'm Peter Brackett. We hope very much that you've enjoyed listening to us and listen again soon for the next episode of the Spooky Picture Show where we will once again, of course, always keep it spooky. Boo. Yes, thanks. And gay. And gay. Okay, I guess we're done. <laughs> no, no, no. Okay. Wait, let's, let's skip. We got okay, off track okay, a little bit. No. Okay. Um, all right, everyone. Thanks for listening. My name is Michael Felsher. I'm one of your co-hosts. No, let's not do that. Dude, we already know who you are. Oh, well, maybe I just wanted to remind people because we've been talking for two fucking hours. No, no, no. You can say I'm no, Michael Felsher, but don't say I'm one of your co-hosts. Oh, okay. That's just all right. How you doing? I'm Michael Felsher. Oh, for fuck's sake. All right. I'll do it real. I'll do it real. Okay. <laughs> All right, well, uh, my name is Michael Felsher. Does anyone remember their fucking name? <laughs> well, I thought you were going to, like, throw something else in there. Like, okay, what else folks, am I gonna... supposed to say? Okay, fine, I'll do it. All right, folks, so we're going to go ahead and wrap this one up here. So thank you so much for listening once again, Kevin. You... <laughs> Kevin. <laughs> that was the shadiest thing. You've ever done, Kevin? What did you just do? I didn't even see it. <laughs> that you <he> went <laughs> <laughs> like you were <laughs> right. Up. Yeah, sorry. Right. Right. So, 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 something like that. Something like that, Felsher. We gotta say thank you for listening and all that stuff. Okay. We don't just end it. Oh, all right. <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Splendiferous Spooky Horror Show. Had enough of this conversation. I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>